0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning! That's all you're going to get this morning. I've barely got the stamina. There's so many things going round in my head this way. Apart from the fact that down in Knightsbridge there appear to be two burst water mains which are chucking water out all over the place. Which is, uh, which is fantastic, I suppose, in the middle of a drought or whatever we've got at the moment. And uh, so we sort of came through a puddle. Uh, also, we, there's a, a great Mini going around London. I mentioned it to, uh, to Gary on the front. He looked at me like I was mad. And it's called Mini Art. Have you seen it? You should see this car. It drives around at night. The whole car lights up. The whole car is a television screen. I mean, the roof, the side panels... Everything. People taking pictures of it. It was going round this this mini, and it's mini art. I think that's what they call it, mini art. I think that's what it. But the whole car lights up. Literally. Wait a minute. Go down that that picture. So I'm just having a check of a picture. No, it is. It's not actually a painted car. This is moving pictures on the whole car. It's like it's like a moving advert. I've never seen anything like it. It looks. I mean, looks absolutely unbelievable. It's in green. Well, the car's not green, but the uh, the projection onto it. Now, whether or not. It's, it's a projection, because it would have to do the side panels and the top. But it's, it's, it's stunning. It's driving around town this morning. Because we looked at it, it was sitting there at um, uh, Piccadilly Circus. And of course, next to us was a, one of those Q80 flash, flash old men, who sort of sit there in their Rolls Royce convertible. Uh, very flash car. And even they were looking at it, because nobody was looking at them. Because, you know, they're a bit too a penny, all those kind of things. Absolutely amazing. So it's a car that's like a TV screen, the back, the front, the bonnet, the roof, all of it glowing with these moving pictures. It's the most interesting, whether it's legal, I don't know. I mean, I'm really not sure whether, because it's a terrible distraction. I mean, you could easily look at it and go smash straight into the car in front, (laughs) in which case it's your fault, of course. But really interesting to see. So if anybody knows more about it or you've seen it out, do take a picture and send it in to me. And I think, I'm sure it said mini art. And then I saw a black cab the other day. I know that they, they get covered in these um, uh, signs, you know, to promote various things. This one had it on the roof, a moving sign on the roof of this taxi. I thought perhaps that's another way forward. Everybody's doing it. I'm thinking of renting my body out. You get Quite a lot of of things to advertise on my body, I should imagine. All very interesting. But if you've seen the mini art and it's doing the rounds at the moment, it's driving around London, whether it's toddled off home. I mean, I'm surprised the police haven't pulled it because it is a distraction. It's the kind of thing you would see in a Disney parade. If you've ever seen the Disney light parade where, you know, all the floats go down and they're all illuminated. It's really fantastic. It's a bit like that. You really notice it. You really notice it. Really it. Eight four eight five zero. Oh, Stephen LBC dot co dot uk. And um, uh, remember the one who got kicked off uh, X Factor for the uh, for the drugs. And um, says Chris Reardon. Well, apparently uh, he looks very odd now in his pants. He said, "I went to the Toby Carvery at Frimley on Tuesday. Miserable waiter. Didn't leave a tip." Because I th- I think well I'm all in favour of that. If, if somebody's done you good service, you give them a tip. If the if the service is rubbish, you don't give them a tip. Can we have a look at to see if we can find Frankie Cicosa? Uh There he is on his uh, on his Facebook. Oh dear, that can't be him, can it? I don't think so. No. Oh there he. Oh dear, he's a bit of a wreck, isn't he? Really, poor soul. It's not not really a lot going on there anywhere by the look of it. And uh, I love looking at people's Facebook. I don't, I'm not on Facebook, but I'm fascinated by it as a, a sort of media thing. He, he laughingly thinks he's in, he's in the music business. But there again, so does Victoria Beckham. So does Jerry Halliwell. So do quite a number of people. And, of course, they're not. They're not. Then there's that dreadful story in the paper today of the boy who apparently wants to be a hitman. He wanted to be a hitman. This is in uh, Brazil, in uh, Sao Paulo. His name uh, was Marcello. And so what he did, he shot dead his parents, his grandmother and great-aunt, goes to school, does his lessons, comes back, shoots himself. I mean, he's only he's 13, by the way. In case you wonder whether or not there are sort of, you know, kids out there who are a bit bit more than cracked, this one is definitely parents, grandmother, aunt, and then himself, he shoots himself. So they, they've uh, fascinated, they said, he was by the Amityville Horror. I cannot remember if I saw the Amityville Horror. I remember the film, but I cannot remember if I actually went to see it. I don't think... I'm not really into those kind of things. I saw a film yesterday. You know, I told you I was going to see this Lovelace film. This is the, uh, the Linda Lovelace story. There was only three of us there. Me and Showbiz Kevin and a girl from another radio station who's their, who's their cinema correspondent. And you know the one thing, apart from the fact we were talking about the film, but the other thing we're all talking about is how vile Bruce Willis is. How awful he is, how naff he is, how untalented he is, how rude, how offensive. So I'm delighted to say that he's just been booted off a film... And uh, I think the person who's booted him off is Sylvester Stallone, and he said he's lazy. He's uh, he's just not not a very pleasant person at all. And then Monty Panesar, what a stupid, stupid person he turns out to be! Is it funny? Just when you thought that he was going to be quite intelligent, he turns out to be as thick as a brick. He urinates over two bouncers. What a what a vile piece of work! Honestly, we used to like him, didn't we? But uh, not anymore. It's turned out to be as stupid as they come. Is that that Mini? Oh, right. Is that it? Right. But it's, it's unbel- this, 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 this Mini that lights up the whole car. I would mean, love to drive a car like that. I'd love to drive it. I always wanted, but I'm not, not daft enough to buy them. I know it's sort of little boy races, that sort of thing Monty would probably have, you know, something flash and naff. And you can buy these little caps that go onto your car to replace the tyre pressure thing. And they've got little LEDs in there. And the when you start the car going, the LEDs light up, so it looks like you've got wheels of fire. You know, it's like all those poor saddos who jack the back of the car up and put green lights underneath it, or blue lights. They're, they're, they're generally people of very limited intelligence. And uh, so this thing, and explain this to me, producer. On the back of the car, the back of the Mini, is that camera projecting... <coughs> Excuse me, I only ask because I wasn't sure if that was projecting the image on the car, in which case how it does the side. I've got no idea in the bumpers and all the rest of it, or is that for another reason? I couldn't work that out at all well that's i've thought if you're filming it, oh that's the point, yes, they could be filming it, but then you'd have another car filming it going round it's very, it's very clever. I'd like to know more about it i'm n- I'm now very interested so somebody has somebody just tweeted this one here right. So that's where it is at Waterloo Place. Well, that's where it was, but it, it was it was driving around town because it needs to be dark. I'm assuming it needs to be dark for you to actually get the full benefit of it. I love stuff like that. I'm always fascinated by LED. D- I remember going to a, a magic convention once. Well, in quite a number of times, and somebody had one of the, the dealers had a little badge on there about about the size of. I don't know, about three inches by about half an inch. And it scrolled with his name. It said, hi, my name is Chuck or whatever it was, you know, and I... And so, and he was selling them. And they were only like five quid each. So I bought a cup. Well, could I programme the blooming thing? Could I, Buffalo? I struggled with it because you take the back of it, it's got two little buttons and, you know, you sort of scroll through for the letter, then you push the button and then eventually... Only I couldn't I couldn't even spell my own name. It was rubbish. But uh, I, I like things like that. Anything, anything that lights up. I've taken to the magic circle before now. Uh, I've got a, a, f- uh, a floating cane that lights up with lights inside and twinkles and sparkles, which is really... I like stuff like that. It's a sad life, isn't it, really, when you think about it? Oh, and the bad news is that poor old Kelly Brook, never wants to turn down a photographic opportunity, has hit the roof after learning that boyfriend Danny Cipriani was cheating with six other women. Actress Kelly... Actress? <laughs> Do me a favour. Uh, contacted... A string of girls after finding steamy photos on a secret phone kept by the rugby hunk. She ranted at one, you're just one of many. So Kelly threw him out of her London home last Sunday. Throw him out, take him back, throw him out, take him back, throw him out, take him back. I mean, will she ever find anybody? No, of course she won't. Because she's dreary and boring, I'm afraid. Uh, Weather for today, just have a look out the window. That's what it's going to be like. It's going to be like that today. Although uh, Zora Suniman was saying that it was going to be, I think, outbreaks of rain and isolated showers I do hope not. I do hope not today. Uh, sunny intervals, I say, it's going to feel warm in the sunshine. It's going to go to 24 degrees. Currently 15 at the moment. So that's OK, isn't it? You can cope with things like that. And then I, I'll tell you later uh, about how bad my afternoon viewing was on the television yesterday. Completely ruined. Screechy woman was on. Screechy <laughs> Got that dreadful northern voice. Apparently Sally Jacks is 35. <laughs> and the rest... My God, it was horrendous. And then Peter Andre. Now, unfortunately, and we don't have too high an opinion of Peter Andre, I do see him as sort of slightly remedial at the age of 41. His girlfriend, as you know, he's got pregnant. So, now, either she wasn't on the pill, or they're having unprotected sex, or they deliberately wanted a child. Either way, I couldn't really give a stuff about the whole thing anyway. But then I thought to myself, Peter Andre sells himself as, you know, Peter loves his fans and does all this kind of thing. He has no intention of proposing to her. And in fact, he's, he's gone into a, a magazine and, uh, and he's complained about it. You know, people are saying that uh, I'm planning to propose to Emily and I've already been ring shopping. This is untrue. He's quite angry. He's quite angry. She, of course, loves the limelight. And um, as I say, once you've found out he's not prepared to marry a darling, I don't know what your parents are going to be saying about this. But uh, they said, I've, one, even, one even claimed, I'm considering spending £60,000 on a ring. All I will say is the stories are completely untrue and made up. Well, you, you miserable old devil! You can't even be. But bo- she's twenty-three, admittedly not the brightest twenty-three-year-old, and um, they now think she's four months pregnant. Uh, they were seen out in Surrey the other day, presumably with a photographer who takes a picture of Tostos. Tostos, here she is. She so loves the camera. They don't appear to be holding hands very often. You know, which I find slightly worrying. But anyway, perhaps he's gone off her already. Perhaps that's a bit of... Oh, there they are, holding hands. That's sweet, isn't it? But uh, she does... She's one of these girls who grows her hair extremely long because she's obviously, you know, she's 23, going on 15, I should imagine. Um, It's been reported that her parents are not happy with the baby news. I bet they're bloody furious. Sorry, 41-year-old man has got our daughter pregnant. She's going to medical college. She's going to be a doctor. And now, he has said... Now he has said that he has no intention of proposing to her. What a nasty piece of work he turned out to be. You'd think he'd want to do the decent thing. Hope the baby's attractive. Like his other children. Because, you know, because he's he's got junior and princess. Is it Princess Tia or something? Crackpot parents, aren't they? But obviously, perhaps, perhaps Pete doesn't want to sort of settle down with anybody. You know, having told us on numerous occasions she's the one, does that mean she's the one to get pregnant? Or is she... Th- because at the moment, he's coming over as a nasty piece of work. I have no intention of proposing. and not, I'm certainly not spending 60 grand on a ring. Well, for that, for toss, 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 I don't think so. You tight so-and-so, Pete. Why would you not want to get married to her? Don't you want your child to have a stable relationship? Or, or are you not the person we thought you were? Is it all just a fraud? Is it all just a front? 84850. Uh, Maggie says you can't have the flash mini. I so can. I so can. If I asked them to drive down here and park outside the Garrick Theatre, so I could look at the window, I could look out the window, then that'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? eight four eight five oh Steve uh, Steve on come dine with me last night. Sally Jacks was the winner. No, there were three of them. Three of them became the winner. But we we knew it was her. She she screeched away through it. You know, with that and then had to tell them that she I don't know when it was filmed. Two years ago was it filmed or something like that? Her house was really naff, really naff. And also, she had to tell them she was in Buck's Fizz. They looked at her in disbelief, as indeed many people did. Have you heard her singing? Oh. I mean, a little bit better than the screechy voice, but uh, I'm afraid the best that Sally Jacks, who's been on a presenter's course, and obviously loves her kitchen, and, uh, she, my God, she was false on it. It was, it was the worst case it wasn't what did I say Oh that's right. She was wearing outfits which really, Sally, I don't want to be rude love, but they're meant for, for somebody a lot younger. Okay? Little sort of denim jackets that not for your person your age, dear. You know? No good looking like mutton dressed as mutton, you know, with this, this badly bleached hair and everything else and you know and if you are cooking in the kitchen, I don't understand why people do it you're cooking for people why's your hair not tied back? You know, the amount of times I've seen people finding a hair and going, oh, there's a hair in this. Or they've got animals in or something like, oh, disgusting. Anyway, uh, she was on there, she was joint third. Three of them, you know, tied in together because, frankly, they were all as ghastly as each other. But she was more ghastly than average because she's just got this horrible screechy voice. She tries to sort of fit in with everybody else. I mean, because she thinks she's a celebrity, but she wasn't on a celebrity programme, she, she sort of sat back trying to be interested, but really she just wanted to talk about herself. Ghastly. Ghastly. Never mind, she's best suited where she is. Bid TV. 18 minutes past four. 20 minutes past four. Do you know I had a very strange feeling yesterday? Uh, which I might repeat, actually. Uh, so anyway, so we, we go to this screening of a film. And I was sitting there watching it. In fact, there was only three of us. As I've said, there was this lady from a, another radio station. Because uh, she's their cinema thing. And me and showbiz Kevin. And uh, we're sitting there. And they, <laughs> because they were late, we, it should have been a 10 o'clock screening. Uh, but, in fact, the projectionist never turned up till half past ten. Uh, and as it turned out, then we couldn't get the film to, to run right anyway. So Kevin said, the, the lady from the film company, Abby, said, would, you know, would you like a, a croissant? And so Kevin said, oh, I'll have a croissant, yeah. So anyway, so it, was, it was duly delivered. Two tiny croissants. I kid you not, they were about three inches. I've never seen tiny croissants like this <laughs> made for a doll's house. And no no butter, but a little pot of marmalade. And Kevin said, marmalade with croissants. Well, I've never heard of marmalade with croissants either. It must be some new fangled thing that I've obviously missed out on. So anyway, so we start watching this film, which is called Lovelace. And it's the story of Linda Lovelace, who was a porno star. Well, she wasn't. She was an ordinary girl from a very ordinary family. You know, middle America kind of thing. Little bit of a rebel, got herself pregnant. Uh, the year before, she met this, this guy called Chuck Trainer. And Chuck Traynor was an abusive drug taker. And he decided that he was, because she was fairly young and inexperienced, he was going to make her do things that she didn't want to do. And one of them was to make this pornographic film. It's a very famous pornographic film um, called Deep Throat. And it is said, at the end of the film, they tell you that she got paid not that she ever saw any money, $1,250 for making this film. The film was grossed, they reckon, in its lifetime, $600 million. So it was a cheap movie. I can't tell you anything about it because it's adult content, uh, but the film talks about her in this film and the abusive relationship she had with Chuck Trainer. It's quite graphic, this film. In fact, it's actually... It's almost too graphic... There's, there's very little I could discuss with you this morning on the content of the film. You need to go online and uh, and find out for yourself. But I, I thought it was quite graphic, very graphic. And uh, there's lots of rude words in there. And I'm not a prude. I, was, I, keep, so I have to keep reminding myself I'm not a prude. But when I sit down in a cinema, I'm thinking, what would other people think if they were watching this? What, what would their reaction be to this film? Apart from the fact you can't believe it, because this man is so abusive to her. But then, as you know, she came in to LBC in 1986. This is Linda Lovelace. She came in to talk about her book, which was about the relationship with Chuck Trainer, who was a drug-taking bisexual who slept with Sammy Davis Jr., who was also bisexual, and it was all to do with drugs, and he was pimping her out to various people. It's a terribly sad story, but she came in to talk about domestic violence. He would smack her around and things like that, and people get into these relationships... And they don't know how to get out of it. Unfortunately, you know, she had an opportunity to report him to the police. It didn't happen because he was threatening her. He had a gun at one point. She was raped. It was it, The whole thing was just awful. It was, a, it was a salutary lesson to anybody that if you're in an abusive relationship, you get the hell out as quick as possible. That's why there was the Chiswick Women's Refuge. It was there for battered women because a lot of people stuck in these relationships and, and they've got nowhere to turn to. They've got nowhere to turn to. I, I know of a lady who was in such a relationship, but the person she was married to was breaking her down psychologically. You don't need to go out. I'll go and get you everything you need. Why do you need to go You don't need to go and see these people. And he became like a control freak, and this was exactly the same for Chuck Traynor. And it's a very sad story. Her parents, of course, are so horrified because she appears, people talk about her on the Johnny Carson show, Jay Leonard, all these people talk about her because she's famous In America. And when she came into us, she was just a little quiet woman. She wanted to talk about domestic violence. She had to do a polygraph test before the publisher would publish the book. And when we came out, Kevin turned to me and he said, well, that's the most depressing morning I've ever spent at a cinema. Because in the end, it's sad because there is no happy ending. The happy ending would be that her parents... When she writes the book and she starts appearing on Johnny Carson and Jay Leno and all the big chat shows in America, then her parents realise what what she's been going through. Because up until then, her parents were horrified. At one point, she phones her father and he said, he said, oh, hi, he said, every time Johnny Carson mentions you, your mother gets up and turns the television off because it brought shame on them. But at the end, they suddenly realise that having read the book and having heard her talking about it on television shows... She was being abused in the most vile way, all because Chuck Traynor wanted to make money out of her and she didn't want to make any more films. She made this one film. She spent 17 days in the porno industry and she didn't want to do anything else. And, uh, you know, people tried to help her. It was very difficult. She was she was battling against the odds with a man who would beat her up on a regular basis Uh, Luckily, he got his own comeuppance. He ended up marrying or going out with Marilyn Chambers. Marilyn Chambers was another porn star. Uh, Anyway, to cut a long story short, Linda Lovelace died. She came in to me. I think she then had a a cancer scare, but that wasn't the thing that got her. She had a car accident. She was only 53 and uh, she was put on a life support machine. In the end, they turned the life support machine off and she died. Ironically, three months later, Chuck Traynor, the man who had abused her, dropped dead of a heart attack. So for that, you should raise a cheer, because the man was just filth. You know, from top to bottom, he was filth. He abused her, and she, she didn't have a great life, but she did go on to be a campaigner against men who abuse women. Because, as I say, there are so many people in these situations that they can't get out of. You know, they don't know how to get out of it, because they don't know anything else. They don't have any money, because their husband or partner controls that. You see this on, on, the, on the television all the time. I watch, you know, I was watching the other day. With it was, it was pathetically stupid. It was some bloke who'd been in prison. This is on the Jeremy Kyle show. He'd been in prison, so out he comes, little Mr Clever Dick. Although it turns out he wasn't so clever after all. And he's decided, when he came out, ten people said to him that his girlfriend or fiancé had been cheating on him. And so he decided to put her on television, stupid plank that he is, uh, to take a lie detector test. She, in the meantime, had heard that when he came out... He played around, and so she wanted him to take a lie detector test. Anyway, she seemed perfectly OK. And so Jeremy Carr says, right, so would we do her first? So they do the, this poor girl first. So, um, have you ever done... No. And so he turns to the bloke he said, why she said no? And the girl says, because I'm telling the truth. And Jeremy Carr says, you're telling the truth. Anyway, she passes with flying colours on all of these things where he's tried to bring her down. And then it turned out that he himself had cheated. They gave him a lie detector test. He claimed he'd been too drunk to remember. He could only remember a kiss. He couldn't remember actually having F-E-X with this other person at the party. And so she sat there, poor, poor brainless girl, stuck with this plank who'd been in prison by the age of 19, 20. And he was the one who cheated. And he kept saying, it's because because I was drunk. As if that was some excuse nowadays. And I thought, what you should have done, love, you should have got up and walked out. Walked out, and then there was this. They seem to find the ugliest people on there. I don't know where they get them from. Perhaps there's there's an agency for really, really ugly, unattractive people. They had this woman on there. She was gross, and her boyfriend was having a go at some bloke that she'd slept with. And Jerry Carl said, "But wait a minute, she slept with." I mean, and you look at these people, you think, "I'm so grateful. I live in a in a very quiet, sanitised world where you know you don't have to put up with these kind of things." Because if anybody from the Jeremy Cut... And they've all got the tattoos up the necks, haven't they? You know, cut here, I'm an idiot, you know. Watch out, prat alert, you know, that kind of thing. All these stupid... And you look at them and you think, you're as stupid as you look. And they're dumb as what? They're so thick. They're they're not even very clever burglars. They all go to prison. And they all come out again. It's really pathetic. The mini-art beat is covered in LED lights. And apparently you can put your own video or face on it. I think I want the Bentley done now, decided. The camera records it for posterity, says Darren. Imagine my horror when Sally Jacks appeared on Come Dine With Me yesterday, regaling tales of her singing with Buck's Fizz. caterwauling. I think it's called. Uh Make your mind up. Must be dreadful for them, poor souls. I should ask Mike Nolan what, what Sally Jacks was like. I'm sure there's some stories there. there must be some stories, mustn't they, about things like that. Uh, uh, Riaz says, Steve wanted to wish Happy Eid. To all your listeners, do we get fireworks for that? I can't remember. Do we get fireworks for eat? That's There's any reason I like it. I like it. Do we get special food as well? For no, it was just the fireworks, is it? Well, I can put up with fireworks. I'm okay with that. Do you know, I had to have, yesterday for, for dinner, I had my first bit of peppered steak I'd had in ages. I used to eat peppered steak all the time. And then somebody said it's you're supposed to vary your diet. So for the first time in about six months, I had peppered steak yesterday. It was so peppery, it blew my socks off. And, I'm, and that's another thing. I've not worn socks for the last three months now. I've started not wearing socks. I'm becoming very bohemian. I'm not sure it's good. It's LBC 97.3. It's 4.30. LBC 97.3. Text
0: 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning, everybody. 28... 28 minutes to 5. Thursday, but this week has really rocketed through... I've not had one of the busiest weeks I've had. I've had. I've had busier weeks, but it's quite nice to take things easier. Quite, you know, a little bit sort of easy every so often. So I'm quite enjoying that at the moment. Another picture of that dreadful actress, Catherine Tilsley, uh, enjoying a stroll on the cobbles. The actress, 29, I thought she was about 50. I do know, I don't know, she's only 29, was taking a break from playing Eva Price. Oh, thank God for that. She'll disappear completely. This is the one who goes. She's she's the same as Chantelle Houghton. Although somebody pointed out to me yesterday, and I'd completely forgotten about it. It, it had escaped me. Chantelle Houghton, as we reported, has gone from is it a size ten to a size fourteen, and and I I reported it because she's so dreary. I mean, she's a bit she's a bit needy. You know, you know, you know what I mean. by needy. She's sort of you know she's a bit she doesn't actually do a job. She's never actually done a day's work in her life. You know, she hasn't actually had, you know, like, you go off to work in the morning, you drive a lorry or you, you know, make cakes or you deliver bread or whatever, you drive a train. She doesn't do anything like that. She's a celebrity. She doesn't do anything. You no, know, she doesn't act. I mean, even Sally Jacks, for all her failings, mainly her voice, you know, actually does a job. She does a job, whereas Chantelle Houghton doesn't do diddly squat, I'm afraid. And, um... I can't remember. I was going down that route, actually. I can't remember. I was talking about it. But anyway, so uh, that's right. Oh, yes. So she's gone from a size 10 to 14. And somebody wrote to me yesterday and they said, Steve, you missed the point. She's going to bring out a fitness DVD. And I went, Oh, you're so right. That's why she started telling people, Oh, I put on loads of weight. I'm going to have to lose weight. And you think, She's a. I've told you before, don't ever buy celebrity DVDs. Don't ever buy them. They're the biggest waste of money. You'll never lose the weight. The only reason they're losing is because you've got a trainer with them. But it wouldn't it be funny? You know, let's mark it down, shall we? Thursday, 8th of the 8th, 2013, Steve Allen pronounced that Chantel Houghton, dreary old has-been, is going to bring out a fitness DVD in time. Because this is the time that they're going to start talking about it, because you've got till Christmas to do it, to bring it out for the new year. So after you've all gorged on turkey and... and Pudding and roast potato. I'm making myself hungry again. And uh, little sausages with bacon wrapped round them or not bacon wrapped round them. And Oh, God, it's making me hungry. And uh, and cauliflower cheese. I love cauliflower cheese. I don't do, I can't bear those honey roasted, are they leeks or something? No, what do they have at Christmas? Those parsnips. Oh, boring of parsnips. Really is peasant fodder as far as I'm concerned. So we don't have parsnips. Some people have it in my family. I don't touch it like that. I think, actually, we've booked for Christmas already. Have we not booked for Christmas? I'll have to check with the family. Normally, we, we, we book for something. And, um, and so, I bet you anything she'll be bringing out. Because today is August. So, it's August, September, October. She'll start working. She'll do three months of working out with somebody. I bet you anything. Then they'll edit the thing down. And then, Chantelle. have you ever heard of being interviewed? She's as thick as a brick. She's also got one of those whiny voices. She's a bit like Katie Price. They've all got whiny voices. And she sits there, sort of, you know, toss. she's a bit like Toss, 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 Toss. A little bit like that. And, um, and so I bet you anything... Wouldn't that be funny if we were absolutely right? Mind you, we're very, really wrong. I don't think we, 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 we ever get things wrong at all. And so generally... Although I didn't see that one coming. I didn't see that one coming. Uh, Kevin O'Shea is, uh, has been given an ASBO. He's 51, but he's a bit thick, actually. He phones, uh, he phones the Samaritans. Not just once or twice. Six... 1,000 times he phoned them. Uh, he's been charged with causing a public nuisance. I mean, he's a bit stupid. He gave no indication of his uh, plea during the brief hearing and spoke only to confirm his name and address to the city's magistrates. 6,000 calls to Samaritans, wasting their time. You see, people like that, I think, should be thrown in prison. We leave them there. Much easier, much easier. Here's poor old Talisa out again. She doesn't actually do anything, does she? No work on the on the front at the moment. I'm a little bit, little bit worried about Talisa... And, um, who says, divorced celebrity couples can sometimes find it hard to flog their houses. Oh, I know. I should imagine Anthony Turner will have no trouble. It must be spotless in there. You could probably eat off the toilet floor. It, it must be so spotless in there. Um, uh, Sean Wright Phillips escaped jail for driving whilst, dis- for driving whilst disqualified because he never knew he was banned. The millionaire QPR footballer, who's quite clearly as thick as a brick... <laughs> told magistrates he was unaware he should not have been on the road, as he does not open his own mail. His agent does. Oh God, is he, are you a little bit above that, sweet pie? You're not, not doing envelope? You're not doing envelope? Oh, that must be really difficult for you. He'd had missed a string of court summonses after his Bentley was clocked doing 79 miles an hour and a 50 mile an hour stretch at Esher. A disqualification note was sent to his agent's address in Luton, where the car was registered. Oh, dear, this sounds a bit dodgy, doesn't it? Why is it not registered to his home address? A number of reminders went out, including one to his home in Surrey, but he never saw any of them at all because not a penny. And can't open envelopes. Stupid man. Stupid man, honestly. Anyway, he's been banned for speeding in two thousand and four. Anyway, he's been fined eight hundred quid. Um, they said they said he would not have expected to receive the mail. What is it is everybody's mail going missing all, all of a sudden? Can people not open envelopes anymore? I do worry about these kind of things. You know, you think to yourself, oh, I didn't open it. Well, perhaps you should get rid of your agent and find somebody intelligent. You know, if it's somebody, you get sent something, you know, in the... Per- I didn't know I was, um... I didn't know I was banned from driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. They stopped somebody the other day. It was one of those police camera action stop, fill up a programme very cheaply kind of thing. Generally with Richard Bacon doing the voiceover because he's cheap. And they, uh, And this, this was on one bloke's... A minicab driver. They've already stopped him three times before. He's got no licence... He's never been licensed. And I see people driving in London. I saw somebody the other day. He was going so slow, you could have literally walked faster than this man was going. And I thought, where are the police? Where are the police? We need to sort of check these these people out. Because there's loads of people driving without licenses in this country. And you have to get them off the roads as quick as possible. Neil says, oh dear, it's a day's fishing for me today. Exciting, eh? Uh, I can't get... You know, me, I cannot get into fishing. I wish I could. Uh, there are certain hobbies I can do. Nudist leapfrog I'm fairly popular at. Uh, but fishing kind of eludes me. And I speak as a brother, as, as somebody who has a brother who enjoys fishing. I just can't get... I bet the producer likes fishing. You look like that sort of person who'd sit by a riverbank, watching a little float bobbing around. Oh, you play football, do you? Pfft, girl... Play football? A little pair of shorts with your name on. Oh, you watch it. Oh, right, you don't actually play it, do you? No, you don't even look as though you're sort of strong enough to play football. I see you more as hockey or something like that, or netball. (laughs) But anyway, he says, Jeremy Kyle, I cannot believe the mentality of people that appear on his show. Where do they find them? Stains, stains in Cambridge, apparently very popular at the moment. He said, how can these people bring up children? Well, they don't know that they're pregnant half the time. They, they they sit there, the toothless hags of this world, who are probably just grateful to have found somebody who wanted to make a baby with them. Because otherwise, I mean, you wouldn't touch these people. But you see them walking down the street, pushing the prams. And you look at them and you think, oh, dear. Perhaps they sort of think, it's perhaps it's a trophy. You know, must have a baby, have a baby, because that's kind of the, the best thing to have nowadays, isn't it? We see it all the time. Um, just had to say, I missed the first half of yesterday's programme about Hawaii, so I must tell you about our, our adventure there, Says Noreen, we were in Memphis, did Gracelands, Peabody Hotel with the ducks. We were travelling to Hawaii, collected by a car at 5am on the day of departure, flew to Chicago, two hour wait for our flight to San Francisco, then another wait to fly to Hawaii, all different time zones. So we arrived in the middle of the night, totally lost track of time. We were being picked up by a minibus, as there were six for our hotel on our flight. Four of us were there. A lot of faffing. And in due course, the other two arrived. Luggage hadn't arrived, so more faffing while inquiries were made. We then trailed to the minibus. It was pouring. But I got my lei. This is the, the flowers. L-E-I. Next morning, going to the balcony of the room, looking out onto Waikiki Beach. Waikiki. You just love these words, don't you? Hawaii. Waikiki. Waikiki. Uh, lovely surf, amazing sight to our right, a massive McDonald's. You go all that way and you've got a McDonald's next door. And they are big in America. We did do the helicopter trip, flew over Pearl Harbour. The fuel is still spewing out of the Arizona. Saw some amazing sights, not visible on land. And then a very, very expensive, it was very expensive, as it was catering mainly for the Japanese, who at the time were very rich. Maybe, she says, you could combine a visit with a Vegas trip. But it's a long flight to Hawaii. Five hours, she reckons. So, uh... See, the trouble is, it is is quite long, isn't it? We were talking the other day, because I went to Strawberry Hill Walpole's house, built in the 1700s, and he did what a lot of people did. They did the European tour. Only his lasted for a year. He was so rich, he could go off there just buying loads of things uh, to fill the house, fill it with sort of treasures, which is what people did. So they did the year tour. We don't do year tours. You have the Australians who come over here, and they do their their sort of tour of, of Europe. And they come here, in their are camper vans. And then they sort of go off, and then they work in bars, and, the, you know, the girls get drunk, because that's what sheilas do. And uh, the blokes all talk to each other. And, uh, and look at the sheilas, and then decide, you know, which ones they like. Which is quite interesting. I mean, I'm always fascinated by Australians. They always used to hang around Earl's Court. I don't know why. Australians in Earl's Court, they seem to be... You see them all the time there. They, they, they've always got that vacant look. You know, they're, they're standing there with a backpack that's as big as they are. On their back, you know, bent double, all going to end up with curvature of the spine. And they stand there looking at, you know, because they've never seen anything like this. Because if you go to Australia, if you're in the outback, you know, if you're out there in in the outback, you don't see anything for days. There's nothing. If you see a kangaroo, you're a bit lucky. But they don't see anybody at all. It's only when you go to the towns. So you get people who wander into the big cities and it's like, wow, cars, a lot of cars, a lot of people. I remember somebody once telling me that they went to Australia and they, they stayed with this family and the, uh, the, uh, the family said, oh, we're, we're going over to the uh, to the Dickinson's tonight uh, for drinks. The Dickinson's lived four hours away. That was their closest neighbour, four hours away. I believe it has got a little bit better. Oh, here we go. Uh, One Direction have brought out their little toy dolls so that little girls can play with their, their favourite person. Must be really embarrassing, mustn't it? If if you don't look like your doll, or failing that, yours isn't the most popular doll, so you've got Louis, Lord Louis, who's quite camp. Then you've got Zane. Zane's got a lot of tattoos. Then you've got Harry. Uh, then you've got Liam, and then you've got Niall. Unfortunately, it doesn't look at all like Nile at all. The Harry one, you, you only know it's Harry because he's got lots of hair, but of course he doesn't wear it like that now. Uh, Liam just looks a bit funny. Zane could be him, and uh, and Louis. I don't know. But I, mean, I, I don't know whether or not... Who buys these dolls? I mean, do people buy them? Because in about a year's time, nobody will be really caring about them at all. But they, they buy... I suppose it's little girls, isn't it, for Christmas? We bought you a One Direction. You bought me the wrong one! I wanted Harry. And I've got Liam or Louis. Uh, Michael Douglas on Love, Money and Getting Older. I like Michael Douglas. He has age, though, hasn't he? But then I suppose everybody's aged. I was looking the other day on the, on the television, and they had... Um, Steve Coogan on, on that dreadful interview, and the, we were all talking about The One Show and how dreadful their interviews are, and poor old Matt Baker, who, who's just coming over as so plastic and false. It's just this constant laughing at people. It's just awful. And, um, and we were saying that he now looks as though he's a lot older. And you, And strangely enough... It's because if you don't see people for a while, and then when you see them on television, they've got so much makeup on for telly that when you actually see them in real life, you suddenly realise that we're all, we're all ageing, I'm afraid. Dean says, Kevin the Milkman's running late today. Somebody says, do you feel sorry for Kelly Brooke? Why? Why would I feel so- I don't know. How can you feel sorry for somebody you don't know who parades themselves in the papers? I'm not remotely bothered about Kelly Brooke's love life. Couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. Really not rem- I couldn't think of anything less interesting than Kelly Brooke and her love life. Jordan's bringing out her book. I'm mildly less interested in that, I'm afraid. Uh, Jeremy Kyle has been seen prowling the streets of Braintree, apparently, with a very big net. <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at LBC.co.uk. Um Another one here. Um, I was hoping. You saw, says D, the Come dine With Me with Our Sally. I just got the impression she felt she was slumming it. It was a bit patronising. She could have been fun telling a few stories of backstage at Bid TV. Also, she seemed to think being on that made her a celebrity. None of them recognised her until she said, I'm on your TV. And by the way, says D, she does look older than 35. I think it's the slap she, Well, I thought she was about 55, 60. Seriously, I didn't realise somebody could look that... But I suppose she's done the rounds, hasn't she? She's done the... That's a funny-looking woman on television, isn't it? I bet she's American. I bet she's American, that woman. Oh, another one. And um, what else we got here? Eight for eight, five. Uh, Hugh Hefner emerges as a, as a bit of a pervert in The Lovelace. Yes, he does, absolutely. It's a case of... Um, and that's why I say you can't talk too much about the film because it's, you know, it's an adult film. But uh, she goes to watch a screening of her film and then he, he comes on to her. Just came over as a dirty old man, I'm afraid. In fact, they all came over as dirty old men just abusing this woman who unfortunately didn't appear... She only had one friend in the film. Her parents had had shunned her. That was what was so sad about it. Um, Apparently, uh, Alan says... I read in the paper the other day the makers of the Lovelace film were having legal action taken against them by the company that owns the rights because they used too much footage of the original film. There's no footage of the original film at all in it. There's no original footage in there because that would be against legality. There's no footage of the original film at all. Absolutely nothing at all. The only thing I think that they used is... The cover, but they've superimposed the actress who plays Linda Lovelace on the front cover to make it look similar. They've used footage of some of the Jay Leno shows, but in fact it's the actress in the film and they've cut it together. So when you see him interviewing her, it's her, but he's got his back to you, so it's an actor playing the part. Then when it goes the other way, it is him genuinely asking the questions. It's been very carefully cut, but there's no no footage of the original film at all, because otherwise it wouldn't get a rating, would it? Uh, 84850... Steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, what's the time now? Quarter to five.
0: London's biggest conversation. LBC 97.3. Andrew Dun- LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: To five, Thursday morning in London town. Hello, are you well? I don't really care, actually. That's just what people say. It's like, you know, I always love it on television when you get the presenter who stares at the screen and they go, how are you this morning? I think, who are you talking to? It's a cameraman. He's not remotely interested. He's switched off anyway. (laughs) Oh, finally, finally, uh, Jade Underwood has been locked up. Jade Underwood is, my God, she's ugly. I mean, I don't want to be rude about this girl. She's Vicky Pollard, lookalike. Yeah, yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but. And uh, she's a serial shoplifter. Uh, She's 23. I mean, she is ugly. You know, some people are ugly, she's ugly, and abuses the privilege at the same time. She quite clearly thinks she's uh, very clever. She's been banned from 80 shops because she thieves. Um, But a fortnight later, she took perfume from Debenhams, and she's been jailed for 10 weeks. Um, People in the area have said she's nothing. She comes, she's a mother of three. God, I to find three people to have sex with. She comes from Withington in Manchester, and she'll become abusive if tackled, and she hurled insults at parents taking their kids to school. Uh, one of her victims was a news agent, Javed Farouk. He said she would steal things worth 2 or £3, pounds, then turn abusive. Oh, I'm glad she's gone to prison. To be honest with you, I mean, I think hanging is too good for some of these people. Why do you have to put up with these sort of people in society? Why do we have to put up with people who have no respect for anybody else at all? I told you the story the other day of Brian at Twickenham Station, abused by this bloke because his ticket wasn't going through the barrier. And perhaps I could see a ticket, and he started using... 4 children! Tw- There's children! Standing around this this man quite clearly some sort of low rent person. I mean, they'd have to be low rent. Who swears in front of children? People like this woman. So what she does is she turns abusive. She steals things and then turns abusive. I've seen people doing it at markets. You get the uh, the chavs and the and the bikies who go down there, uh, people with bikes, and they and they they steal stuff. They just walk past the store, pick it up. And steal. And you, you, you really want to follow, the you know, one half of you's thinking, you know, perhaps you're, perhaps you're really poor or something like that. But they're not really poor at all. They just thieve. You know, they just thieve. And you know what sort of communities they come from. They come from communities who thieve. It's as simple as that. And I think there's no deterrent, is there? Ten weeks in prison. They should have said, ten years, put the kids into care, not remotely interested. You, you know, you go out there, you steal. All the shopkeep 80 shopkeepers are going, thank God for that. It's only ten weeks. They should have kept her in there forever and a day. I mean, she's she's an ugly. She's, you know, ugly face, ugly persona, ugly everything. Really, really depressing, I'm afraid. Really depressing. And people like that, you know, it's it's no... The, the police, I suppose, um, actually end up with, I suppose, these sort of people there who, who don't have any respect for anything at all, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, co dot uk. Uh, another one here, and uh, whatever happened to the other half of Bodie and Doyle, not Martin Shaw? Uh, I don't know which one played which. He's in America, isn't he? He lives in America, I think. Uh, and Janice says, I have to turn Jeremy Kyle off, I'm afraid. Can't stand him, or all the audience shouting. Well, actually, I don't think the audience do shout in that programme anymore. They used to, but they're all, they, I, I think they aren't so much the audience as, as future contestants on the show. I look at it as a game show. Kind of thing. I always think that. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, <laughs> Pete's bringing out a, a DVD, I think. Uh, I love this one here. Uh, just to say, it's not E today, according to com. And anyone who's not following the Saudi royals, who are far from Islam and the truth, get with the times. The moon wasn't visible, yet they announced it. Right. I, gee, I don't understand what a word you're talking about there. I've got not a clue. But you come from Slough, so you start with a bad handicap, I'm afraid. Have you been to Slough? Oh! Come bombs rain on Slough. That's what the poet laureate said. It was such a vile... It's only famous for the Mars factory. Come bombs rain on Slough, he said. Interesting. Um, other stories in the, uh, in the papers for today, apart from Monty Panassar, who urinated over... Over two bounces. I mean, quite clearly, a stupid person. I mean, I've never uh, never heard of such a thing in my entire life, I'm afraid. Uh, big Brother Wannabe. No, it doesn't help. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. No point in mentioning that at all. And then Donna Eyre, desperate to get some sort of attention. She was only in Biker Grove. She's nobody. She's an absolute nobody at all. She comes from Newcastle, but now, because she's going out with uh, with James, this is uh, Kate's younger brother, Princess Kate's younger brother, she started sort of trying to speak posh. Unfortunately, you can take Newcastle out of the girl, but you can't take the girl out of Newcastle. You know, once a Geordie, always a Geordie way, eh? And that's it, I'm afraid. You know, it doesn't matter what you look like, it's when you open your mouth. It's like Kelly Brook. Opens her mouth, three-year-old language comes out. David Beckham opens his mouth, 12-year-old. You know, just a little squeaky voice. Not his fault. Sylvester Stallone has fired Bruce Willis from his new movie for being greedy and lazy. He's also not all there in the brain department. He's also not a very good actor. He's not a very good actor at all. Name me anything that he's made that he's particularly good in. Wait a minute, Bruce Willis, die hard. Moonlighting? Sybil Shepherd hated him. He hated her as well. He's not a very pleasant person. Ask anybody in the business. What was Bruce Willis like? Horrible. Horrible. So anyway, he's he's been replaced. Uh, And Harrison Ford has gone in. And uh, he appeared to rip in. This is uh, Sylvester Stallone, called Sly. He says uh, um, he's greedy and lazy, a sure formula for career failure. He's also just unpleasant. He's also just unpleasant, I'm afraid. Here's a picture of uh, old poor old Talisa out on the town again. And uh, she was partying to celebrate Chelsea Healy's... Oh, God, the dreary old Chelsea Healy. I can't believe she's dragging her carcass around anywhere. And um, and uh, she was out on the town. But as I say, that's all, she's, that's all she's really got, isn't it? Going out on the town. There's nothing else. Uh, And then Kelly Brooke blasted Danny Cipriani and said to pals, I can't believe I made him chicken soup. Is she Jewish all of a sudden now? What's going on here? Is he ill? What are you making him chicken soup soup for? The twit and wisdom of Dippy Helen. She's just stupid. There's nothing Dippy about Helen Flanagan. She's just stupid. It's not her fault. Apparently um, she has a salon blow dry every day. I don't think she does. Some day she just looks like a naff old chav, I'm afraid. But uh, she's had a spray tan because she's worried about being too pale to sleep. It's so embarrassing, dear. You know, if you want people to see you as thick, then you've done exactly that job beautifully. They see you as thick, vacuous and dumb. You know, which is never a good thing. And you think you can go to America and be an actress? I don't think so. They've got loads of people like you. They don't want any more. The whole idea is, you know, in America, they're actually looking for somebody who can contribute. And you can't really contribute anything to them because you've got, you've got nothing to offer. You know, whatever you've got, they've got 300 million of them, I'm afraid, out there. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, Justin Bieber has been accused of sparking a nightclub brawl. Is that all we're reading about Justin Bieber? Every time I read about Justin Bieber, it's very odd, isn't it? It's always a case of, you know, Justin Bieber did that or he spat on somebody. I thought to myself, and he looks such a, such a little pansy, doesn't he? When you see him there with his little funny baseball cap on the wrong way round, his little shirt off, showing you his little pants which come in a small size, and then, you th- and then he sort of... I think he's trying to turn himself... He's, he wants people to think he's really hard. I don't think that's at all. Uh, here's the French nanny in the paper. This is the one they're looking for at the moment. Uh, Emmeline Essertel. She's fled back to France, where she's taunting police. She's, um, she's a thief. She, uh, she's a fraudster. She was staying with a family in Cardiff. She stole a debit card. She was bailed by the magistrates. Before sentencing took place, she ran away. They'll find you, love. They'll find you and drag you back screaming, which is good. The number of children being trolled online has doubled in the last year, so all the papers have done features on... They, what they've done is they've actually gone onto these websites to see what people write. And a lot of them are writing just awful things to children. But then I think that's up to parents. You know, if you want to block this stuff on the computer, you can block it. If you don't know, if your children's computer is upstairs in the bedroom, have you checked the history? Have you seen what they're actually looking at? Have you seen what, the, what, they're, what they're viewing? It's probably, you know, they're on chat rooms that they shouldn't be, and uh, they're probably downloading or looking at stuff that they shouldn't be. They've always said, if you've got a family computer, it should be downstairs where people can keep an eye on it. It's just too dangerous nowadays. You know, to actually allow people to have things like that. Uh, David Beckham has spoken out about uh, violence towards children. He apparently took to Facebook to call on Brits to join a global movement against sickos who attack youngsters. If somebody asked David Beckham for his opinion on that. I mean, I thought, it's, it's you know, now we've had this kind of thing. You know, it's like jumping on a bandwagon, isn't it, after it's occurred. And Denise Van Outen's estranged husband, Lee Mead, says all he cares about now is his daughter. He uh, had to stay tight-lipped. And now he's revealed he's desperate to avoid dragging his daughter Betsy through a messy divorce. He said, things come along you have to deal with. It seems to me that nobody in show business should ever get married. There's no point in ever getting married because most of these, especially the young ones who are a little bit fame-hungry, and I'm, you know, I'm putting Denise Van Outen in that category. You know, there's no point in, in getting married because you haven't got the time to devote to it. If you're too busy worrying about your career... You're never going to devote enough time to the marriage. It doesn't hold itself together. You've got to work at it, for goodness sake. Anyway, if you have just joined us, it's nice to be company. I trust you well. It's Thursday morning in London town. It's going to be a bit of a mixture today. A little bit of sunshine, a little bit of rain as well. So uh, I, I must do my VAT today. It's a dreadful thought, isn't it? i try and put it off as long as possible. And then when I do it, I manage to do it in about ten minutes. And afterwards I go, "Whoa, sigh of relief. Not as complicated as I make out. I just make it sound terribly dramatic. Anyway, news at five is coming up next. It's LBC 97.3. We're back with you in three.
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning. Thursday morning. Coming to you live from Leicester Square. It's nice to have company. I trust you well. If you're just waking up, it's horrible, isn't it? There's nothing worse. This is, this is the bad bit. It's great for us because we've, we've been away awake for, for ages and ages and ages. And uh, Shahid says, Can you refrain from making derogatory remarks about Slough? Listen, Thicko, I explained to you it was done by the poet laureate I can't help it if you're not intelligent enough to realise. Come bombs rain on Slough. OK, it's well documented. Go, go to Google and type it in. Try and be an intelligent person. I can't d- Listen, I can't deal with somebody who's, who's thick. I can't help people like that. You know, you have to, you have to try and be intelligent. And uh, it, it is a dump, Slough. It is an absolute dump. OK, there you go. Uh, Connie says, one year in Deptford Market, one year ago, I suppose, I saw two women go up to a stall that sold various cleaning and deodorants, opened up several bags and proceeded to empty his shelves of all his products, and they just brazenly walked off. Oh, I see. I've seen that before, actually. I've seen people walk in. That's why they have to watch at the market, because you get thieves who go to markets. You know, it doesn't matter where they're from. And people do literally... I've saw mother and daughter shoplifting. But it's nothing new, because when I used to work in retail years and years ago, I uh, we used to have a mother and daughter come in who shoplifted. They used to wear big capes, and inside the capes were hooks. They would take the clothes, and they would hang them in there and walk out. Ugly pair they were. They really were. I don't know who was ugly, a daughter or mother. But they were they were professional shoplifters. And they knew the system. It was in a department store. That you could put the stuff in there, walk around the store. Nobody could do anything. You just had to follow them. We had a series of lights in the city, you'll probably see them in other department stores, uh, or you'll hear a message, um, can Mr, you know, so-and-so go to third floor? And that'll be summoning the store detectives. Because if they're watching particular people, they can see them on the cameras. And they would go around the store. The only time you could touch them is when they walked outside the store. So sometimes you'd be following somebody around. We followed somebody for ages who'd pinched a load of ties from the menswear department. And uh, he walked around, and All of a sudden he didn't have them anymore, and it turned out he'd thrown them behind something and so we retrieved them. But you can't touch them in the store, because whilst they're walking around, that's, you know, they haven't technically done anything, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, oh, uk. Tired this morning, me, Sam, and the girls, says Dean, went to Camden Market yesterday to get a couple of new T-shirts for the Blackpool gig. My group are playing this Saturday, anti-establishment. The singer's driving, so I don't have to worry about losing my hubcaps. The Rebellion Festival where we're playing... Oops, gone, wait a minute. Um... Eight for eight for wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute, they I've lost it now. Where is it? Where is it? Uh, is it? Dis- oh, that's right. Oh no. where'd it gone to? That's right. The rebellion Fest we're playing is a uh, t- two hundred and forty punk rock groups. Good. Two hundred and forty punk rock. I didn't know there was such a thing. I didn't know there were two hundred and forty of them. He said, "Do you want to see if I can get you on the uh, the guest list?" This is Kevin the Milkman. Get me on the guest list. That should be funny if I said yes, wouldn't it? It would be very funny. Very funny. Uh, 84850 steve at Um <laughs> I'd love to have it. He's put me on the guest list. <laughs> uh, Pablo says, Up with the Steve Allen show on LBC, talking about why showbiz marriages never work and how Slough is such a dump. Yes, come bombs, rain on Slough. Best thing for it, completely destroy it. Uh, and showbiz marriages, because you do seem that every time you open up the papers, another relationship split up. And to be, after, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, who cares after a while? Peter Andre couldn't keep his marriage going to a uh, vile, Botoxed woman. And she's now with somebody else. So this is marriage number I don't know, three or four. I've lost track of where we are. Uh, Peter Andre quite clearly not willing to marry his, his girlfriend, who he's got pregnant. Her parents apparently not very happy about it. This is only what's reported in the papers. I mean, to be honest with you, they, they might be delirious. But I, I can't see any parent being excited over the fact that their 23-year-old daughter, training to be a doctor, has been made pregnant by a failed pop star. I don't quite understand how that works. And as he's now said, he's not going to spend 60 grand on a ring. I mean, either way, he's the father. Well, we're assuming he's the father. I'm, I'm taking a wild guess in the dark there. Uh, he will pay for it. He will pay for the child. So probably he's thinking, if, if I get married, I'm going to lose all my money. What little money he's got. Wouldn't you love to know? Because Graham Norton apparently earned £2.6 million last year. Which is OK. It's okay. I mean, I I know lots of people in the business who would earn good money like that. What do we reckon that Peter Andre's earning per year? I don't know how much money the little tour grosses. And his calendar, I don't know how many people buy the calendar. and And what else has he got? Has he got anything else? He hasn't got any books out, has he? He's got a range of makeup or something like that. He's got what? TV show. Oh, yes, there'll be the TV show. Oh, that's right, yes, there'll be the TV show. Yeah, I'm trying to think, actually. I mean, what would he gross on that? TV show... £150,000 a series, something like that. If Graham Norton, for what he does, can turn over £2.6 But he sold his company to ITV, didn't he? And I think that went for something like £18 million, which was not bad at all. So a lot of these people must be earning an awful lot of money. An awful lot of money. But I don't think... I'm not sure if Peter Andre owns his house or rents his house... They never tell you these things. If you remember, Talisa, they went, and oh, this is Talisa's mansion, and it turns out she's renting it. She doesn't actually own it, which is interesting. Um, another six months of uh, sexting, they call it, sexting, uh, to uh, another woman. Kelly's boyfriend is kicked into touch, and uh, it's, uh, it's a, a girl called Stacey Simcox. Uh, I don't know what she is, but I have a sneaking feeling she's one of those little desperados out there who's desperate for her five minutes of fame and uh and she's found it he'd send me filthy messages oh she's a model of course she is everybody's a model have you noticed everybody's a model i'm a model you're a model no 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 uh other people. everybody's a model nowadays everybody is a model you know it's it's if, if in doubt and you can't think of anything you've actually got any talent for you go a uh, model how can we be giving a billion pounds a month to um this is uh, this is godfrey bloom the UKIP MP. This is, this is the Bongo Bongo land thing. Uh, for for these people who run these, these countries uh, to buy Ray-Ban sunglasses, Paris apartments, because these poor countries... And they've got the despots here. Uh, Gabon's president, Ali Bongo, is said to... I mean, where this, this is the, one of the poorest countries in the entire world. He's just spent £85 million pounds on a mansion in Paris. He owns a fleet of Rolls-Royces. I mean, quite clearly, he's a thieving old tow-rag. And they've got other ones here... Uh, the uh, the president's son, Teodora, uh, used money to buy a £21 million Malibu mansion. And he's also got a fleet of luxury cars, but it was seized in Paris as part of a corruption thing. Then they've got President Ueri of Uganda, spent £30 million on a new Gulfstream jet after being given £127 million in British aid. What are we giving him aid for? He's thieving it quite clearly. The president, uh, Paul Kagame of Rwanda, bought two Bombardier private jets for £60 He loves Rolex watches and stayed in a £12,000 hotel suite in New York. Why are we giving billions of pounds a month to these people who quite clearly are thieving it? It was bad enough, wasn't it, when we had um, President Marcos and his thieving wife in the Philippines stealing from the country that was as poor as church mice. And they were trying to get gold ingots out of the country when he was deposed. Luckily, he's dead now. And, um, and it, it's just absolutely awful. I mean, it really is awful. And we still end up saying the, um, saying that we have to give billions of pounds every month to these countries. I mean, quite clear the government must be idiots, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850. Somebody says, when was the last time you went to Slough? Nobody goes to Slough. That's the trouble. It's a dump. Nobody goes to Slough. Ugh, ghastly place. 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Oh, poor old Shahid. Oh, nice little piece of work you are, aren't you? I didn't realise, actually. There you go. A bit, unfortunately, you aren't, unfortunately, intelligent. You might have a, a degree with honours in English language. What's it got you? Nothing, apart from a very nasty little potty mouth. Hasn't got you anything at all, has it, really? And you don't even know the quote about come bombs rain on Slough. Obviously as dim as a brush, I'm afraid. 84850, steve at I love it, my people are so stupid and you can pick them up on anything at all. Kelly Osborne says, my mum locked me in a padded cell so I'd kick my addiction to drugs. This is uh, the whole family who's mad as broomsticks, I'm afraid. Sharon Osborne uh, went out without makeup the other day, unrecognisable. She looks like she's been Botox. we can't quite work out. Some of the papers are saying she looks though like she's gone a bit fat in the face. Uh, Amazon could shut down the cyberbullying website, but refuses. This is after, and it's, it's going to run this one, Hannah Smith was found hanged by her sister. And then the sister, the other day, got targeted by, by trolls, who were saying, glad she's dead, she was a cat. And you think to yourself, what sort of people are they? They found the one who, who, um, who sent all that vile stuff to the MP, didn't they? They found that one. That's a 33-year-old man. And I suspect that some of the people on this Latvian site will be found as well. And uh, again, they'll be dragged through through the papers and the court system and their parents will be going. But they seem such nice people. And you suddenly realise, a little bit like Shaheed that they're actually deeply, deeply unpleasant. Not his fault, he can't help it. A bit dim, you know. I love it when people sort of parade their so-called, um, so-called qualifications in front of people like it makes a difference. So you can pass an exam. Doesn't make you a pleasant person. Quite clearly. Uh, Kevin, the model... Sorry, I mean Milkman, he says, I'm a model too, Steve. The only problem is I'm the before model. The before model. Yes. Do you know they used to do that thing which was, this is so-and-so before and this is after. Bit like toss, 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 toss. She's, uh, she's in the, uh, the papers today. I still think it's quite funny that Peter Andres it's completely untrue that, that I proposed to her, as opposed to, well, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future. So, in other words, another unmarried mother out there. But at least least the good news is he'll be paying for it for the rest of his life. As I say, we just hope that it's uh, it's an attractive child. If you want a parking space in London, we've found the most expensive one now. To people who've got a lot of money, it's of uh, no consequence that this one here uh, is for sale for £300,000. The estate agent who's selling it sold two last year for a quarter of a million pounds. But, I mean, you've got a parking space. They're at a premium. And um, it says here, it's in Hyde Park Gardens in central London. Properties go for millions. So this space here, I think, actually, the average cost of a house, not including Slough, uh, £162,000. £162,000. And so this space is being offered for sale with a 91-year lease. So you've got it for 91 years, which effectively is, you know, the 100 years, barring barring nine, I suppose, but it's £300,000. Well, if you've got, you know, if you work an, around there and you can afford £300,000, it's nothing to you, is it, to actually get your own parking space. Why would you... You've got it for 91 years. You can pull in there and park and that's your space. The problem is when somebody else pulls in there and parks... And then you've got to try and get them out, because I would have thought if you can afford £300,000, you should be able to afford a chauffeur, and you wouldn't need to worry about a parking space. Get the chauffeur to go and park up somewhere around the corner, make it a lot easier. But £300,000, so if you're listening up north at the moment, or in Slough, where you've got no money, we've been to the place, uh, then you, you can't, this isn't appeal to you, this is for people who've got money. £300,000, very nice. Quarter past five. 20, oh, the good news was, and I'm sorry I couldn't make it, I was uh, otherwise engaged. Painting the cat. At, uh, it was Wag the musicals' big VIP opening night. Lizzie Drip Cundy was there on stage. Finally, managed to turn up to do something. If you remember, she disappeared off the other week. She's only done a week on. It's all too dramatic for her. Um, and who were the who were the main celebrities? Who were the big names that they that they actually managed to get in to the theatre for Wag the musical? I mean, brace yourself for this one. It was really, really top notch. Amy Childs, Ashley Horgan Wallace, who, and surprisingly, Bianca don't have a job. Gascoigne, Lizzie Cundey, who looks like she's filled her cheeks up with cotton wool. Looks like one of those hamsters. Amy Childs looking very plain, I'm afraid. And who's that? Ashley Horgan Wallace, and is that Bianca Gascoigne? Poor sad old creature, honestly, really. And here's Lizzie Candy. I mean, is it? Is it my? Is she seventy or something? That's the best that they could get. There was nobody else there for Wag the Musical. Expect closure notices posted any day now. Any programme. And for some reason, it's quite funny to actually see Amy Charles wearing glasses that don't suit her. And a dress that is so awful. I mean what is this? Some some Primark rip off was Dreadful, dreadful dress. They say Amy and Bianca opted for dresses that flaunt their curb. Bianca who? Bianca who? Go back where you came from, dear. Go back where you came from. You were an idiot first time round. Nobody's interested in you now. Very sad. In fact, the only person here is uh, Ashley Hawken. Wallace was apparently seen grabbing at a photographer's throat. Oh dear, she's so low rent, isn't she? Nobody knows who she is. And Lizzie <laughs> Dear God in heaven, it's that bad, isn't it, out there? You can't. I mean, thank God. You know, it was, uh, you know, it was it was a VIP night. Unfortunately, it was very low rent night. No celebrities there. I mean, Amy Childs. It's the Charing Cross Theatre, for God's sake. It's the Charing Cross Theatre. It's a piddly little place. Luckily, they've got loads of seats available for it, so that's good news. Good news. Barbara Davis is the lady in the mail today who has done this story where she's trawled through the website where children are trolled to death. And she's she's horrified. She's horrified. She said, if you actually put in things like harming yourself, it comes back with nearly 3,000... 3,000... Shaheed, you don't know anybody in Slough, dear. Are you Shaheed or Sid, or are you really a woman? Round here, they think you're a woman, actually. So uh, we don't like Slough. It's a dump. It's a dump. That's why you live there. It's a dump. You can't help it. It's not your fault. It's the best you can afford, and that's uh, that's it. But luckily, you've got loads of qualifications, but you're up at this time of the morning. Thank you. (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, If you read the stuff that these kids write online, you know, like, Go Get Cancer... That's what kids say. I know if you're an adult and you read it, you know, you think, oh, right. Do they really mean No, they don't mean it. They just write it because they say, you're ugly, fat, friendless. Why don't you drink bleach? All this kind of thing. You don't seriously think that people follow this advice. So where you go on to. And perhaps Barbara Davis hasn't seen any of these sites before. Perhaps she's perhaps she's not read what kids write to each other. They can be quite vile kids. Bullying at school can be the the worst thing ever. If you're a kid and you're being bullied at school, and it, it's not new, it's nothing new, it's only now they've got all these different websites. What was that story we had a short while ago of a girl who'd had pictures taken of herself naked and the person who took them circulated them around school to everybody? That's, you know, that was how, how bad it got. Now, if I'd been the headmaster of that school, I'd have expelled the person responsible immediately. Get them out there, bring the parents in, say, take your vile son or daughter out of school, they're a bully. OK, we don't want them here. You've got to you've got to throw the rotten apples out as quickly as possible. Because, you know, teachers get bullied. I've seen it. I've seen teachers being bullied by, by pupils before. And children can be quite... You see them out on the town, the language they use. That's what they use when they're out. You know, you can imagine, they're probably using that at uh, home. Sean says, you're so right, slough is a dump. Used to work there for three years. Could wait until 5.30 so you could get the hell out of there. Oh, it's dreadful. That's why... Yeah. Come bombs, rain on it, which is great. Uh, I'm now putting you into the sin binge. I've decided I'm too bored with you, too dull for words. So uh, off you go to the dustbin. Thank you. Uh, Kevin the milkman is quite prolific uh, with his texting. When does he finish his round? Midday, says Paul. No, he manages to do it as he's going along. Because you know you can... Well, I don't know. Perhaps you don't don't have the facility on your phone. But I have voice things. So I can sit there. I can click on the little microphone. And I can dictate... To it and then just push the send button, and it it understands my vo- i'm mean, not I think it's really clever actually to be honest with you I've had voice technology in the past, but this is really good on on the apple phones i don't know if Kevin's is an apple phone, but um whatever it is, it works, and so you don't actually need to sit down and physically write it occasionally it, it hasn't recognized a word, and I've had to start again, but i mean it's very easy to do, so that's why he's very very prolific uh eight four eight five o Steve at LBC.co.uk. Uh, were you drinking beer in weatherspoons, says Paul. Are you stupid or something? I don't think the further out they get, the thicker they become. I've, I mean, quite clearly, do I sound like the sort of person who drinks beer? Do I sound like the sort of person who's going to be standing in a Weatherspoon's? God in heaven, honestly. It's just ridiculous. I mean, thank God you're out there in, uh, in Guildford. Stay out there, as far as I'm concerned. Guildford, just as bad, I'm afraid, as, uh, as Slough. There's um, a mother... Who lost her daughter uh, because a drug dealer supplied a drug to her, which unfortunately um, closed down her systems? I mean, she ignored the warnings not to try this uh, 4-methyl amphetamine, which is a Class A drug. She was poisoned by Luke Carey. Luke Carey was the drug dealer, uh, he's been jailed now. And uh, he actually bragged about buying the drug, which is a derivative of amphetamine, speed at a cheap rate, and knew that the batch was blamed for the death of a 22-year-old man a year earlier. He admitted seven charges. They've sent him to prison for six years. And the, uh, the mother has said he murdered our daughter. Well, I suppose in a roundabout way, yes, he did. But unfortunately, she should have been more intelligent to know. And how many times can you say it? How many times can you say it? Don't take drugs. If you take drugs, there is there is a chance that you might actually end up with a rogue batch or something. I know people say, well, people take drugs every night. And of course, people do take drugs every night. But sadly, in the case of, uh, of Poppy Rogers, she collapsed. She ignored warnings from friends. Don't take drugs. So I can't help feeling that, you know, if we can't even educate the children not to take the drugs, there's not much hope, is there? You know, I could say, say to the producer, don't go out and drink. And he goes, oh, I'm only having a couple of drinks. You know, then if something happens, I can say, I told you, you shouldn't have, shouldn't have taken drinks. And it's because people people do things. They go, oh, I'll be all right, I'll be all right. But when it comes to drugs, you don't know. Why you'd want to buy drugs from somebody you don't even know, I can't imagine. I can't understand the mentality of that. So when you get the parents who are so horrified that some of them have even put pictures of their dying and dead children in the newspapers to try and send out a warning to other youngsters that it could kill you, it seems to have no effect at all. I've spoken to parents before who've lost children through taking drugs. And I've said, I don't know what more we can do. You can say to somebody, I could sit here every morning and say, don't take drugs. But I should imagine you could go into most nightclubs in London and around the country and you would find somebody who'd be selling drugs. Somebody would know... You know, either a barman would say, so, well, he, he might better help you out over there. I mean, that's, that's quite normal in this day and age. You'd be naive to think that drugs aren't freely available. They're freely available everywhere. You could probably walk into most pubs, I should imagine, and find somebody who would know. You say, you know, I can score tonight. And somebody would go, yeah, he'll look over there, he'll sort you out. And that's what it is. So, you know, when you look at this, uh, this killer, Luke Carey, who's been jailed, he supplied the drug knowing that somebody had died a year before. You're not to know what effect it has on somebody else. Some people might have taken it and been fine. I don't know. It depends what goes on inside your body. But it's the parents who need to educate the children. And I'm afraid it does come down to the parents in every... You know, you can, you can only keep drumming it into them when you go outside. Don't take drugs. Watch your drink. Make sure it's not spiked. Make sure that, you know, you're aware of how you're going to get home. Make sure that you've got your mobile phone and you've typed in a number in it so that you can call so people know where you are. It's all, it's all common sense, it's just that people, in the heat of the moment, forget about things. I've seen them behaving badly. I can look out the window here most mornings to see people behaving badly on the effects of drink and or drugs, or both, possibly. Although I'm led to believe that if you take drugs, you tend not to drink alcohol. People tend to drink water, so, so the clubs don't really make... So they hike up the price of water, because you don't really need the both, do you? Uh, I mentioned before that uh, poor little Donna Eyre is uh, trying to drop her Geordie accent to make her fit in with the royal family. I'm hoping the royal family don't want her anywhere near them. Uh, she's always been a bit of a wannabe, I'm afraid. And uh, so Jan Moyer's done a piece today on, listen, Ulrich Pet, there's nout wrong with trying to sound posh. Which, of course, there is. It's trying to move yourself. It's like Trudy Styles, married to Sting, grew up on a council estate. But, like, quite quite posh now. People sort of, you know, they think, they think she's actually quite posh, but she's not really, you know, common roots, which is which is where everybody came from. But in the case of Donna Eyre, she really is sort of desperately trying to cr- climb that little ladder. And uh, at the moment, she's not having too much luck with it. No good having pictures in the papers. I don't know what she does, really. Is she model or TV presenter or something? Probably both. We're all models, aren't we? I've decided I'm a model today. It's
0: 5.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: 28 minutes to 6 Thursday morning in London town. I love... and We haven't had a new gadget out for ages. I'm desperate for a new gadget. I'm desperate for Apple to bring something out or anybody to bring something out that I can go, now that's a gadget. You know, we've all got over the excitement of mobile phones. We've got over the excitement of sat-navs. Now we want a new gadget. And apparently Samsung have applied for trademarks for a smart watch. This is a watch that connects to the internet and can make phone calls. The Korean company is racing against Apple to deliver the first watch that can surf the internet and make calls. Apple, I think, are working on a touchscreen screen watch which would work like an iPhone they've applied for a trademark in Japan in June uh, and this one here could be called Samsung Galaxy gear so in other words it's a rest wa- a, a wristwatch or a bangle or something but uh, it's a flexible display that curves around three quarters of the device the South Korean patent office said the gears trademark will not be approved this year I can't wait I'm looking forward to a new gadget I like the idea of having a... It's not going to be much good to you if you've got big fat fingers, but it's going to be a little... It's going to be a wristwatch, bigger than I think this one here, but it will be capable of making phone calls. And I quite like that. I think that's sort of modern tech. That's a bit man from uncle, as far as I'm concerned. I go for things like that in a big way. But we haven't had anything for ages and ages and ages, and so this will be the first new gadget that's come out. All right, so we get the, the you know, the iPhones and they upgrade and stuff like that. But unfortunately... Um, we haven't had anything for ages, so that's what I'm looking for. Uh, 84850, Um, one, somebody says, I've got £500. How many shacks can I buy in Slough? Yes, of course, Slough, you'll remember, was exposed on the news as all the fraudulent people living there. And that's why it's a dump, because uh, people, you know, illegally rent out sheds in the back of their garden for all these, low uh, lowlifes to live in. Rick Kelly Brook. Steve, she used to live around the corner from me. I know somebody uh, in her road, her parents still live there. She couldn't even turn her car round using the whole of somebody else's drive. I mean, I don't really know what use she is. Well, she's very good at getting publicity. She's very good because apparently she's very pretty, but uh, she obviously can't hang on to a man. There must be something that I can't work out why it is in so-called show business. And believe me, I do not think that she's in show business. I think she's sort of a model. They, 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 they put her down in the paper today as the former... Uh, big breakfast presenter. Well, she was dropped from there because she was too stupid. She couldn't read the auto cue. She'd sit there struggling with big words, so they had to change all the big words for little words for her. And if off too, because some of them she'd look at and she I don't know what that says. I don't know what it means. She didn't know any of these things. It was a bit embarrassing, really, that there was somebody who just sort of looked great, but then opened their mouth and turned out to be as dim as a broom. I love that expression, dim as a broom. I'm not sure brooms can actually be dim, but I quite like it. Uh, 84850, oh, stevedlbc.co.uk. Kevin has got a uh, a 10 quid Samsung phone. He said, it won't make me cry if I drop it, which is regular doing this job. I text with my right hand whilst carrying the milk in my left. I finish delivering about noon, but that's because I'm paid commission only and I've got a very big round. There you go. Uh, 84850, oh, stevedlbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here. Uh, which it's Karen's birthday today. So she says, uh, did you send me the kiss? No, I didn't. We're not that free with our affections. There. This is London. We don't even talk to people from Cardiff. As I say, you know, the further out of town, dumber, dumber. The time you get to Cardiff, forget it. Read all sorts of stories about that. I want this smartwatch. I've now decided I want to, but I thought Apple were bringing it out soon. I thought that was the whole idea that they were, they were, you know, going to bring out a new gadget. Because, as I say, we've not had anything for ages and ages. And so to have some new gadget out would be absolutely wonderful. It would be absolutely wonderful. I hope it comes out for Christmas. I like the idea that then you can ask Father Christmas, because, yes, I believe, uh, for something. Because up until now, people say, what do you want for Christmas? And I go, oh, I don't know. I never know what to ask for for Christmas. We were saying the other day, for birthdays, for, for certain people, people never know what to buy me for birthday. It's easier to take me out for dinner. I'm much happier with being taken out. There's nothing I need. I can't think of anything off the top of my, You know, more hair would be nice. Flatter stomach. But, I mean, apart from that, I'm not particularly bothered about anything. I don't sort of wander around the shop and say, oh, I must have that. Cause I did see somebody on the, on the thing the other day. They had a, a gold cover for their iPhone. And I quite liked the look of that. That was nice. And then I thought... Would I have bought so many covers for iPhones. At the moment, I don't have a cover. I'm happy to not have a cover with it. But I've used covers before, and I thought, oh, that's nice. And then my goddaughter, occasionally, she'll go, oh, that's nice. I can have it. I take it off, I'll give it, because it's easier that way. Because I've just bought it as, like, a nothing. And I haven't been out shopping for ages. There's nothing I, you know, I'm just sort of doing what they call day-to-day food shopping. But I haven't... haven't bought anything. The producer keeps dropping in. It's like, it's my birthday coming up soon. And, that, you know, as if it's going to make any difference. It's February, for God's sake. You know, it's... And I, I cannot even remember the, the dates because it goes in one ear and comes right out the other. And he simply says, well, I've remembered your birthday. So I've been to HR over that one. And uh, sorted that out, because as that, far as I'm concerned, that's stalking. <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, uh, a lot of people who've got cheap phones and the reason they've got cheap phones is because it doesn't matter if you break them well I've never broken a phone in my life what I tended to do and I I suddenly realized the other day I put it in my top pocket okay any shoplifters want to try that one uh it's in my top pocket so if I lean over there is the there is the the chance that it could fall out and I thought no so I always make sure that uh, I hang on to the phone what I really need is a little pouch for putting it in so it can go around your neck that's what I really need. And then you don't lose it. It becomes like a, you know, your little pass here in the, in the building. It's much better. Uh, Daily Star this morning. They've got uh, Simon Cowell's, they're, they're now saying Simon Cowell's pregnant lover. I mean, to be honest with you, it's such a non-event, this story. Why would anybody be, be remotely interested? Uh, Geordie Telly Babe, Donna Eyre. She's not a Telly Babe at all. And what, what's, she, what's she on, for God's sake? Apparently, she's a builder's daughter. Oh, well, there you go. That shows you what the background is. She's common. She's a builder's daughter, ladies and gentlemen. She showed off her new airs and graces as she presented a report about yachting from the Cow's Week regatta. And she... uh, But the former Biker Grove star... I'd never heard of her before, I'm afraid. Bemused viewers of ITV's Daybreak with a bizarre posh voice that was more made in Chelsea than Fog on the Tyne. Viewer Joanne Salmon tweeted, I'm sure Donna Eyre was a Geordie. From watching her on Daybreak, she appears to be some sort of fake toff. Oh, she was always fake. She was always fake. Daughter of a builder. Hello? Delusions of grandeur. And uh, talking of delusions of grandeur, Greg Wallace. You know Greg Wallace. He's part of that, that naff old man on television who apparently dumps it. He's a former grocer who does cookery or something now. But he says that since he's, uh, he's lost weight, the paparazzi don't bother with him. No they never bothered with you at all. Everybody thought you were naff I'm afraid. Uh 84850 lbc.co.uk. More on Talisa and uh, Emma Dale's Charlie Webb and Matthew Wolfenden who've announced they've split. I don't even know who they are. They 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 bandy these names around and and you've got no idea who they are. A spokesman said they're going to remain friends and will be focusing on their little boys. They've got they've got a, a son as well. How long have they been going out? She's 25 and he's 33. They had a son called Buster. Lovely. <laughs> uh, they played Debbie Dingle and David Metcalf. Nope. Still none the wiser, I'm afraid. Still none the wiser. I've got no idea. Apparently, Charlie's brother, East to start. Jamie Lomas, is married to... I don't know these people. Who are these people? They're all intertwined, aren't they? It's a bit like going to Norfolk... Bit like going to Norfolk. Apparently, uh, Kim Marsh Lomas is uh, spending time apart. A source said they've had a series of rows, and apparently, because that's you know, it's a showbiz marriage, showbiz marriage, so it's uh, it doesn't really make any any difference as to whether or not all these people actually know what's sort of going on at all in their life. What they do is they live for the paparazzi. The paparazzi take a picture, and then a story, and they appear in all these magazines. You go through the news agent. I was amazed the other day. There must be a good 15, 10 to 15 magazines, the Closer, the Nows, and all this kind of thing, with the same old rubbish on each one. They must sit there and just cobble together something. You know, Peter Andre's stunning girlfriend, you know, of course, who's so camera shy. You know, the only thing, I mean, I'm trying to think of people who don't feature in the magazines. I think there are certain people who don't feature in magazines, so that are the sort of ones perhaps nobody's interested in them. You know, people are interested in Kim Lomas stroke Marsh because she's in Coronation Street and they go, she's current. Catherine Tildesley, is also in Coronation Street, It's so desperately sad that, you know, she all she gets is pictures about standing by herself, walking out on the cobbles of Weatherfield, they say, because they've got the new set to go to very shortly. And they're hoping to get a visit from William and Kate and George. They said that would make it complete for them. And I'm saying there's no chance that William and Kate will go up there and feature in Coronation Street. They just don't do things like that. I think the Queen's visited. I'm pretty certain that the Queen has actually gone up to there. Uh, and I'm pretty certain... As a queen as a prince, She went up there for something. It might have been an anniversary... It might have been... an animal. Didn't Robbie Williams feature in Coronation Street? Wasn't he at the bar one time? He was standing at the bar. He'd, he'd, always, he'd expressed an interest of, of going on to the set. And they said, we'll put you in a scene. So he's having a drink at the bar. I'm 99... I'm 90% certain on that one. 90, I'm, I'm generally not, not wrong. In fact, I'm very rarely wrong. But I'm pretty certain he was on Coronation Street and he stood at the, uh, at the bar. Yes, he's appeared as an extra. Michael Crawford also appeared as an extra in Coronation Street. I can't remember why it, why it came about. In the back of my mind, I've got this, this story of him standing at the bar, and I think somebody walks past him and says something. Norman Wisdom played a fitness fanatic in it. I remember that one. Sue Johnson, of course. Peter Noon played Stanley Fairclough of Herman's Hermits. Uh, Patricia Routledge appeared as Sylvia Snape. Yeah, they've all been in it, you know. Martin Shaw, who was Doyle, so I means the other one must be Bode, Uh Played hippie Robert Croft. Uh, Laurence Olivier apparently once offered to take a part in a scene acting alongside Gene Alexander. However, scheduling and the film Marathon Man denied him the chance to act on his favourite TV programme. So they've all done it, all these, all these people here. Cliff Richard appeared in a scene, but he had his back to the camera the main characteristics of him at the scene, which was shot in the Rovers, were black hair and a jumper, which had the words rock and roll across it. Graham Fellows, the comedian pop star. He was Jilted John. You know, I've been going out, where we go, her name is... whatever it was. Uh, Davy Jones of the Monkeys, He was Ina Sharple's grandson. You know, I, still can't, I thought about him the other day. I thought about him the other day, and I thought to myself, I can't believe he's actually... he's not with us anymore. It's very strange, isn't it? Joanna Lumley played Elaine Perkins. but she was good. And Peter Kaye played a shoplifter in 1997. <coughs> Excuse me. Then in 2004, he came back as a man who went on a date with Shelley Unwin, because they're very good friends, aren't they? I think she's featured on his uh, programmes a number of times. Uh, Bill Maynard has been on there. Ian McKellen played a con merchant novelist, Melvin Hutchwright. Where do they get these names from? Do you know where they get these names from? Cemeteries. They go round cemeteries, old cemeteries, and they look at names on gravestones because they've got names that you couldn't make up. You know, it's, it's sort of the Micklewhites and stuff like that. So there's been quite a, quite a lot of people have pe- uh, have featured, but definitely Robbie Williams and Michael Crawford. I don't remember Michael Crawford doing it, but I do remember Robbie Williams, so I was right. Uh, Nick Ferrari, this morning at seven on LBC 97.3, as the government pledges £500 million to help save our ailing A&Es. Nick will be asking... Is this enough? Plus, have you been discriminated against whilst on maternity leave? Oh, they're getting loads of calls on that one, I bet you. Loads of people. And why has a policy in Switzerland been compared to the apartheid? Nick Ferrari at seven this morning. Justin King, CEO of Sainsbury's, will be looking through the papers today. I like the idea that the government's giving 500 million quid to A&E's. Basically, what they're doing is rewarding failure. Because uh, you do wait for hours. It, it seems to be quite normal. Although some people I've been into, I haven't been into an a and for ages and ages, but when I did go, some people seem to sit there for hours on end. And I've heard tell of people who phoned up LBC to say, oh, I spent six hours in a and E. I'd have gone home. I don't know why you want to sit there for six hours. I mean, you know, unless you unless you really are that, that ill. In which case, after six hours, I'm surprised you're still alive anyway. Oh, and the Yacht Club in Cowes has finally opened the doors to women. Yes, even the Queen. But she went the other day. So that's good news. Brings us back down to that poor girl who's had to change her accent from, like, a groove to, uh, to trying to pretend to be posh. It's hilarious, isn't it? Call it to six.
0: LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Daily Express this morning, new heat wave to hit Britain. Here we go again. Just what you don't need, isn't it? They say we're going to bake in another scorching summer blast with every chance that the hottest day of the year is yet to come. I can't get any hotter, please God. This year's record, set last week at 94 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 34.2, could be broken by the end of next week when a new swathe of hot air from the continent nudges closer to the UK. It's so all the Daily Express do on the front page, isn't it? Either to do weather or medical story. And uh, that's always the funny thing. Uh, More on Bruce Willis, who's been kicked out by Sly Stallone. I never actually liked Sylvester Stallone as an actor. I I, I never quite understood what he was talking about. But uh, Bruce Willis has been called, apparently, greedy and lazy. Well, he's just odd, isn't he? He's done some peculiar interviews over here. I I don't know why. You feel like... I said to somebody the other day, I was talking to a journalist who'd who'd been on the uh, the end of one of his stupid interviews. Bruce Willis giving a stupid interview. And I said, don't you really want to stand up and say, listen, I tell you what, mate, don't ever, I'm I'm just leaving you now because you're too stupid for words. I don't want to interview you. I think you're an idiot. I think you're also not a very good actor. OK, goodbye. And just walk out and just leave him sitting there. Apparently, I can't tell you which actor it is. I might tell you which actor it is. But this particular person was doing interviews the other day uh, about whatever it was. But he was discussing drug deals in the corner with his posse of friends and discussing where he could get some uh, some drugs. And I said, are you serious? I went, yeah, we all sat there, we could hear it. And then at the end he said, ah, he said, "Now you, you can't play any of that because we weren't recording it. we were recording it. We were recording He's talking about going out to get drugs. And what he does, apparently, he swears in interviews, so you've got to cut the interview about. And I'm thinking, it's a bit sad, isn't it? Anyway, I suppose that they've all got. Their, I suppose because they they earn so much money that they feel that they can get away with just about anything. Uh, Howard says, waiting for my new gadget to arrive. It's a new piece of ham radio equipment using touchscreen technology, called an iCom. He said, I dare you to get one for Christmas. And oh, no, I don't do radio hams. A Friend of mine does that. That's where you've all got call signs, isn't it? And they talk around the world, which is quite sweet. He said, get your producer to bring a picture of this to your screen. I don't think I really want to see what it looks like. Does it look.? Well, all right. He'll, he'll do it. He'll have a look at it. But we won't get too excited about it, I promise you. There's uh, some people here uh, in Herne Hill waking up to um, a biblical flood. And strangely, as I came through, I should have actually mentioned it to Andy McCall. Because in Knightsbridge, there are two water mains pumping water out all over the road when I came through earlier on this morning. Oh, that's the icon, is it? God, that looks awful. What did you do with that? I don't even understand what that, that thing is. How it's no, it means nothing to me. It means absolutely nothing to me. I had, um, I did have, uh, a couple of friends who were into radio hams and they get all these call signs and everything else. And I, it, it just went over my phew, straight over my head. It was a bit like CB radio, a little bit like CB radio. Uh, in case of blink and miss him, Robbie appeared as an EastEnders extra, Robbie Williams, in September '95. He was talking on the payphone in the Queen Vic. So he's done both. He's done EastEnders and Coronation Street. Oh, blimey. How funny, is it? And yet nobody would go, it's Robbie Williams on the phone. You just expect them to do that. Status quo, did they appear in Coronation Street? I suppose if you express an interest, the producers think, well, it's all good publicity, all good publicity. Anyway, just going back briefly to Hearn Hill, roads were cordoned off. I mean, some shops were underwater. The water was literally up to the door of the car and of the vans. Which was terrible. Four feet of water they got in Hearn Hill. I mean, you couldn't believe it. Thames Water said it was unclear what had caused the flooding. Water. Water caused the flooding. And they said uh, recent checks had found no faults. Craig Rance, their spokesman, said, we're really sorry to our affected customers. Sorry, blimey, I've never seen anything like it. And of course, afterwards, after all the water has gone, the sludge and the mud and the filth. Oh, disgusting. Actually, I've decided I'm now psychic. I am now psychic. Because and because everything I think of happens. I've been thinking about winning the lottery for years. So far, that one's eluded me. But I think because God thinks that's greedy, so I'm not too worried about that one. But it was I was out the other day, a, a few years back. Um, uh, I met a, a friend of mine who was working in Marks and Spencers as a manager. And uh, I think his name's Will or Bill. Anyway, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'll have to find it later. I never get it right. I always forget the thing. And, uh, and then he left and he went to somewhere else. He said, oh, I'm going off to, uh, to Tolworth to look after the Marks and Spencers there. And I was driving through, because I'd seen him previously, the Marks and Spencers, in Piccadilly Circus, up by the Ritz. And I said, what are you doing here? He said, well, I've been moved to here, blah, blah, blah. So we sort of chatted away. Then I saw him at a, at a rugby do at the Barmy Arms in Twickenham. And I was driving through Piccadilly the other day, and he's, it, he just flashed into my mind. I thought, I wonder what he's doing now. Blow me down. I walk into Marks and Spencers yesterday, and he comes over. I can't believe you're here. What are you doing? He said, oh, I'm here for two weeks to train the new manager up. He said, then I'm moving to Fleet in Hampshire. I said, and of course it just sounds so awful. I said, I was thinking about you the other day, thinking, and I wonder where he is now. And so there you go. Prince Charles appeared in a live version of Corrie's himself for a Corrie anniversary, says Shelley. Did he? I don't remember that one. What, what, Prince Charles turned up, did he? I like the idea that Robbie Williams has managed to wangle himself onto both programmes, on both EastEnders and Coronation Street, by presumably telling lies and saying, oh, I'm a big fan of the programme. So I do actually, on reflection, I do remember him being on the phone in the Queen Vic. I don't know why I remember him being on the phone. Was it just that he he went and then turned around and said something, and people obviously went, but nobody in the Queen Vic recognised him, did they? Nobody knew it was Robbie Williams. Very strange. Um, Ollie Mann was talking this morning about Britain's being absent-minded and leaving front doors open, or leaving keys in front door. We've all done it you know, you've had one of those senior moments. And he was talking about people who used to get burgled because they went out and they left the front door open. But I I can remember when I first moved up to London, I was living in a flat. We always left our doors open. Always left. In fact, I've got neighbours who leave their doors open overnight when we were going through the really hot, hot weather. But uh, it's quite normal. Nobody sort of, nobody pinched it. Nobody had, nobody was burgled or anything like that. But they say, and then of course we had people calling up saying that they have been burgled because the one thing you're supposed to do, the police say if you buy something new like a television or a stereo not that i think people buy stereos nowadays because many people buy docking stations for their ipod because you get more music on the ipod than physically putting a record on and putting the needle on and that kind of stuff and so they say that when you actually take the television out of the box don't put the box out by the rubbish because somebody going past to go they've just got a new television and it means that you're a target. It's like if you've got a removal van outside the house and they're moving stuff in, burglars just sit there in the cars going, oh, that's not, they've got, okay, they've got a television, washing machine, we can have that away. So that's what you've got to do. You've got to make sure now, because there are so many people who think nothing of, of stealing from other people. So the hard and fast rule is that if you buy a television or if you buy, you know, any piece of expensive equipment, even, even like a laptop or an iMac or anything like that, throw the box elsewhere. Because it's going to be a lot safer. Because Although somebody pointed out, every time you walk out of the Apple store, you're walking out with a bag with an apple on it. So somebody knows you've, you've got something worth a few hundred quid in there, at the very least. At the very least. Uh, and the subject of Eid, depending on time zone, Eid ends tonight. At the Curry Mile in Manchester, it says Paul. Um, you know, well, it's usually celebrated with great style, sadly marred the last few years, by the boy racers who drive up and down Wilmslow Road like maniacs. And um, I went there often, and it made the uh, Harp—I never pronounce this right—Harpure area of Manchester. How do you pronounce it? He doesn't know, does he? Uh, which was where the people like us show was filmed. Look, positively salubrious. Remember the wishy-washy laundry and the news agent in a frock and the woman with the allegedly straight son, worried he, he might be turned by the drag queens at the Canal Street pubs. He sang on quality TV, not. Actually, somebody was telling me about um, Canal Street. They said it's gone right down now in Manchester, ever since Queer as Folk. Uh, it then had a, it, it sort of had a resurgence, and now it's just turned into sort of stag and hen and things like that, and it's uh, not what it was, I'm afraid. Uh, apparently, the Queen, Prince Charles and Camilla have all visited Coronation Street at various times, says Paul. So don't be surprised if William and Kate actually go. Robbie Williams, he says, I think did EastEnders, not Corrie. Well, he, he did Corrie as well, according to the... Uh, according to the thing. And you miss Sir Ben Kingsley, off your list, who was in several early episodes, and Status Quo. Yes, Status Quo, we just mentioned because we found a picture of them. But Robbie definitely did Corrie as well as EastEnders. Well, that's what it says. That's what it says. And uh, Margaret uh, Pellegrini died yesterday at the age of 89. That name might not mean anything to many of you, but if I tell you, she was one of only three surviving... munchkins... She was a munchkin in The Wizard of Oz. She played the one who popped out of the flower pot and was 16 when she filmed it. So, Margaret Pellegrini, 89, she was a munchkin. Bless her heart, honestly. Claimed to be only three, so there's only two left alive now. And uh, he says here, the Stallone film you mentioned in the extra yesterday was The Italian Stallion. I was explaining to the producer that uh, Sylvester Stallone had made a pornographic movie called The Italian Stallion. Uh, a lot of fuss over such a little thing, he says. Yes, that's what everybody else said at the same time. And the celebrity split you've missed, Matthew Wolfenden and Charlie Webb from Emmerdale. They played David Metcalf and Debbie Dingle, got engaged in 2009, got this son, Buster, both still on the show. Matthew won Dancing on Ice last year. And the subject of soaps, apparently, according to, to Internet, the BBC and Richard Desmond are trying to resurrect El Dorado. Oh, my God, that was rubbish. El Dorado. I mean, who was in that? Polly Perkins. There was an actress in a wheelchair... She came in here because she was doing something else. And she was genuinely an actress in a wheelchair. It wasn't somebody playing somebody in a wheelchair, like Ironside, who was never in a wheelchair. He just played, you know, a detective in a wheelchair. And there was somebody else in, and I can't remember his name now. Who was the bloke in El Dorado? An actor. It was, uh, it was a dreadful programme. It was so awful. The very idea that somebody's trying to resurrect it has kind of ruined my Thursday, I'm afraid. It's LBC 97.3. at Steve Allen's early breakfast. News at six is next.
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning. Thursday morning in London A Bit of rain around a little bit later on, but not uh, nothing that's going to sort of kind of ruin your day. But there's a heatwave, they say, around the, uh, around the corner. Uh, Jesse Birdsell was the actor. Jesse Birdsell was in El Dorado, who, who turned up... In, what did he turn up in? Did he turn up in EastEnders, Jesse Birdsell? He was also in a programme called Annika. Some years ago, about when he was when he was obviously uh, an awful lot younger, the, the very the very idea that they can revive El Dorado because they built a set, didn't they, out in Spain? That was the whole idea. They actually built the set, as in you know Brookside. They built the set, Coronation Street. They built the set, Emmerdale. They built the set, and it's it's all functional. But the very idea that they're going resi- to it was dire. I can't even remember what it was. it was. Supposedly set on a complex, wasn't it, or something? That's all I remember. And uh, nobody watched it, so they ended up axing it. And I think people people got, um, you know, quite sort of passionate about it. But then people always do when they're about to ax something. And they go, no, we really want to watch it, really want to watch it. There was another one, what was it called? Was it... Oh, dear. There have been so many programmes over the years that have been, that have been tried out and then they didn't work. Was one called Waterloo? Not Waterloo Road. That, that was a programme. Um... There was another one which was, I think, based in a street in London. It was like the forerunner to, I think, EastEnders. It might have been either a BBC or an ITV production. I can't remember which one it was. But, but the very idea that you can bring back... A pre- Presumably, if they do bring back El Dorado, and somebody must hold the rights to it, they'd have to come up with new scripting. And I don't think that the BBC would be remotely interested in having something to go along with EastEnders. They've got EastEnders. Why would they want El Dorado? Call it something else, because El Dorado, kiss of death, I'm afraid. But Jesse Birdsell, I remember. Somebody says um, Noddy Holder was in Corrie. Not on our list, he wasn't. He might be, I mean, but he he certainly didn't feature on the the list that we had at the time. On the subject of uh, El Dorado, Shelley says uh, it was Jesse Metcalf. He was worth watching. Yes, I mean, he was was particularly good. That's why I think they actually used him. And uh, Jesse Birdsell, David and uh, Katie Corrie, professional children's entertainers. And eight <laughs> four eight five zero stevenlbc.co.uk. dot uh, co dot uk. Another one here. This is from uh, from Nick. He says, uh, "Lucky me! I bought a TV last December for my wife's birthday through Amazon. Came home to find it on the doorstep. Lucky me! I live in a nice area. You will, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, yes." I know what you're saying. You're saying that in some areas, if somebody saw a TV sitting on a door... I've never heard of them just leaving on a doorstep. They normally put a note through. they have to go and collect it from somewhere. But uh, especially if it's something, something like that. Uh, I, I so laughed, says Mike, when you spoke about the, the Daily Express. I play this game trying to predict the headline. Easy, really, as you've got one in three chance of getting it correctly. It's either health for the elderly, the weather. Uh, well, they do three things, don't they? Is it, it's health, weather... Royals? Is it a Diana story? The front? I d- they they don't they don't do anything on immigration on the front page of the uh, Express. It's always been a royal story. The weather they like they like the weather or a medical breakthrough. They're very good with medical. They like they like diabetes stories or heart stories or stuff like that. That's what they do. It, it, you can all you can you can actually predict it, can't you? And they do it quite well. They do it quite well. Uh, more on Monty Panesar, who uh, urinated from uh, from a promenade above uh, a club called Shoosh. Uh, a bouncer ejected him because he was pestering women. He's not a nice person at all, is he, really? Oh, dear, what an embarrassment, what a letdown. But he's been axed from tomorrow's ashes test and fined by police. Who kicked... He's 31, obviously, clearly a bit stupid in the head as well, I'm afraid. Poor soul. Uh, and in a break from his charity work, Dragon's Den entrepreneur Duncan Bannertime describes his bitter divorce and his struggles to survive the recession. Apparently he's... Um, He's, uh, he stays in hotels when in London. He sold his three-bedroom flat in London's Covent Garden for £2 million, but he dropped off the rich list last year. That must be a bit of a blow, isn't it? If you've been on the rich list one minute and then you drop off. Uh, he, he went down from £430 million to £85 million. It's all just paper money, isn't it? It's just paper. It's business deals and stuff like that. It was said he had debts of £122 million. The truth is he'd borrowed 180 six years ago from the Anglo-Irish Bank and was paying back £10 million a year. Can I go in there and borrow £180 million? That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? I wonder what I'd do with it. Anyway, now the bank went bust, and he's now trying to restructure the loan at a discount. If I can't, he says, I just go on paying £10 million a year until 2016. It was the bank that was in the trouble, not me. As for the rich list, he said, I'm more than happy to drop off it. Well, I know people who love staying on the rich list, <laughs> that are frightened, frightened to actually come off it, because once, once, you, once you start dropping off it, people are not so keen to lend you money, I'm afraid. Uh, another story about the real-life Vicky Pollard. This is uh, Jade Underwood, an ugly, bitter, twisted... Comp- uh, compulsive shoplifter. That's all she does. She shoplifts, I'm afraid, and so luckily she's been finally caught and sent to prison. She's one of these foul-mouthed people who, when she was confronted by the staff in shops who shouldn't have to put up with this kind of rubbish from filth like her, she started shouting abuse and swearing at them, so the, uh, the quicker she's in prison, the quicker the kids are put into care, and uh, the happier everybody is. Do you know that dogs yawn uh, if we yawn? So in other words, if you yawn, a dog will yawn at the same time. Well, I've never noticed that before. Dog owners might need to confirm it. Apparently, they're more likely to mimic in response to their owners than to a stranger. So in other words, I mean if, if you're sitting I've never seen never seen that happening, but mind you, I've never been sitting. I'd love to find out actually whether or not it works with the uh, my godchildren's dog. I uh, like the idea as well that the uh, the parking space is here, it's 21 feet long by 11 feet wide, so it's not going to be much used to, uh, to most people if you've got a really big car. Uh, but you can have it for £300,000. It, they say here it's more than a Rolls-Royce, and it's 15 times pricier than uh, the company who is selling its BMW parked on the exclusive spot. It's just, they, they've sold for 250000 obviously testing the market. They've said people are interested in it. And so that's, that's why they're putting it up for an extra 50 grand than what they were selling it for last time. And in London, as you know, parking spaces are at a premium. And so people will actually pay something like that. For a company to, to pay that, it's nothing at all, is it? We have a car park under this building, but it's very small. I've never been down there, but apparently it's, it's about uh, two or three cars. I think that's about as much as you can get in there. But that, that's at a premium. There must be other buildings around here that have got uh, car parking spaces. I love, um, I love a hedge here, and this is a particularly good hedge. And this is in the Coxwolds on the Bathurst estate. It actually takes two workers a week using power cutters and a cherry picker to cut this hedge. And they've got a picture of this. It's the biggest hedge you've ever seen in your entire life. This one here, Lord Bathurst spends 6,000 a year keeping his pride and joy under control. He said, you can see it from the town as it's taller than the wall. It's a bit difficult to know how old it is, but we think it goes back to 1710. 1710, which, in fact, would make it probably one of the oldest hedges in the country. It's the Apsley family, and uh, they've been on the estate since 1695. The world's tallest hedge, apparently, is in Kent, which had grown to 130 feet tall. For a hedge. If you go to Hampton Court, they've got little hedges. It's like little box hedging. You can, you can buy it yourself in the, uh, in the garden centres and, uh, and plant it up yourself, but it's, you've got to look after it. The best thing... We were talking the other day about the Hampton Court Flower Show, which I went down to because uh, somebody very kindly bid some money uh, for me to go down there, and, which went to help heroes. And the one thing I love looking at are the bonsai trees. But these are like miniature forests. They're some beautiful things you've ever seen. They're just, they're just stunning creations. You know, when we all go to the garden centre and you buy a little bonsai tree, you look at it and you think, it's really not going to happen, is it? And they're, they're supposed to go outdoors. They're not really supposed to be an indoor thing. Uh, Paul went to see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory yesterday. He's had a great show if you are you're going to see it. Yes, I'm, I'm recommending at the moment Wicked, Woman in Black, which uh, scare the bejesuses out of you. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory I haven't seen but you've just given it a recommendation and uh, what else do we like in the West End I'm trying to think what we like actually Wicked would be my one certainly up there in my my top three Maybe because I just think it's so well done and I I just love the whole thing Albion Market was the show thank you Emma Albion Market was the show that never made it and I can't remember who was I don't think there was anybody in it of any importance was there really Uh, Jesse Birdstall was in the film Wish You Were Here he turned up in Hollyoaks last night's show, love him, Steve, as an actor, yes, obviously, he was very good looking when he was younger, and, um, I was trying to think, there was an actor who was in Brookside, Brookie, and he went on to do Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, was his name, I can't remember what his name was now, and he went into a slice of Saturday, David Easter, what have happened to David Easter? That would be an interesting one, wouldn't it, just find out where, where, where David Easter has, has gone to. Eight four eight five zero. Stephen LBC dot co dot uk. Albion Market says Terry in High at Wickham Thank you very much indeed. Um, apparently, the world's smallest violin is playing with the news that the horrid Duncan Banatine is skint. Do people not like Duncan Banatine? Why don't they like him? Is he not nice? I quite like him. I, d- I mean, I d- I'm not really a fan of of, of the program anyway, Dragons Den. But is it, is, do you not like him? Produ- oh, the producer likes him. Oh, that's all right then. He's a nice person. Listen, I think people always do. Listen, people make money, people lose money. You know, and for your birthday, no money. It's uh, quarter past six.
0: LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning, 18 minutes past six, just in case you're uh, clock watching for the train. Run, run. you failing that, you're lying in bed thinking, I'm getting up and getting up. Oh, wait a minute, I don't need to get up. I'm unemployed. I don't need to get up at all today. I could stay in bed. No, you must get up. You must do something. You must absolutely do something today. Because we're going to have a reasonable bit of sunshine. It's going to be warm, warm, hot in parts. And then a little bit of rain as well. So, here we go again. It's watering hanging baskets all over the place. Um, My email must have got mangled. Uh, Your company head... I know, I didn't want to mention it, though, Paul. I didn't want to mention that. I decided I had more than enough publicity. Uh, He said, I was comparing that to Harper Hay... That's how you pronounce it, being similar. And the show you were thinking about is Albion Market, which had, amongst others, Helen Shapiro. It didn't, did it, really? Anthony Booth, good Lord. And Carol Kay fell flat on its proverbial in 1985 or 6. Wow. What, and was it... Am I being incredibly naive here? Was Albion Market just about a market? <laughs> wasn't anything more than that, was it? I don't want to sort of do it down. That's Is that another one that they could... That they could resurrect? I don't know. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, somebody says it's true that dogs mimic your body language. The closer bond you have with them, the more they copy it. My German shepherd stretched and yawned every time I did. Bless him. We lost him six months ago, and I missed him terribly. They always say you should get another dog. You know, if, if, you, if, if you have a dog that, that is dying, uh, you should get another one to sort of, you know, to tide you over as it uh, as it were. Albion Markets, it was set in Manchester. How was it? Ah, right. I didn't know that. I really didn't know that. Uh, Helen Shapiro, along with uh, John Mishi, was also in Albion Market, but he's in Coronation Street. So there you go. 84850, steve Somebody says, I'm quite certain Maggie Thatcher popped into the Rose's return wearing a rouge outfit and ordered a lemon-covered beverage. I think not, I'm afraid. I think not. She'd never have done anything like that. I shouldn't imagine she even knew what Coronation Street was. I can't imagine that Margaret Thatcher would have ever known anything about it. Uh, how can you live longer? I don't know. There's no answer to that one. Is that The Daily Mirror are bringing it to you this morning. Plus, the, uh, the dad's fearful plea tearful plea to the Prime Minister. This is Hannah Smith's furious dad has demanded David Cameron crack down on the net bullies who drove her to suicide. It's, it's the, it is the bullying. It's a huge scale, isn't it? It's huge scale bullying and I don't think you're ever going to stop it. You're always going to find people who are of limited intelligence and they're going to be the ones who are going to do it because they don't believe that they can be caught, but they can. And uh, So what the Daily Mirror have set up is uh, is is some demands inciting suicide should be made a criminal in uh, a criminal offence. Social networking sites must have a button on every page that lets the users report abuse with complaints acted on quickly. Uh, there's a picture here of uh, Ilya Terabin, who's one of the Russian Playboy brothers behind the hate-filled AskFM website. He and his brother Mark make millions from it. In the backlash backlash to this uh, poor girl Hannah's death uh, he called it a true tragedy and said he was happy to help with any police inquiries but in a recent interview he seemed to blame parents for the trolling problem he said kids lack attention many because parents are doing other things I mean now I have to agree with him on that I have to agree with him. We've said countless times before that a lot of parents have no idea what their kids are looking at on the Internet. Some are are on these sites talking to who they think are their friends. Sometimes they can be uh, paedophiles. It can be all sorts of people. And then you get the abuse. And what starts off as somebody just innocently saying something like, you know, my hair's in a mess today can promote a torrent of abuse from some of these people, mainly because they're of limited intelligence. And mainly because they are the sort of people who and they should do something on Ask FM. they should absolutely do something about it. It is possible to do it. So that's all they've got to do. Liz McLaren said she takes week long breaks from Twitter after an obsessed fan threatened to rape her. Well then you see you go to the police with that straight away, absolutely. She said, uh, anyway, he, he was targeted. He targeted five fans before. This is a weirdo called Robin Duke, 34. They seem to be about that age group, don't they? He targeted five fans before being caught and given a restraining programme. She's made a Channel 5 programme about it. I don't think it's any good making a Channel 5 programme. You need some action from the people who own the sites. She said, at first he'd message and say things like, you've got nice legs, and I'd say thanks very much, and then suddenly escalated. You know, that's, that's what they do. They go, oh, I really like your show, I really like this, I think you're really good on the television, whatever. And then it turns into abuse. And that's when you have to find them. So uh, just remember the name, Robin Duke is his name. That was the internet troll in that particular case. And you have to name and shame. You have to name and shame. It's the only way um, that you can actually sort of stop things. Pat says there was a soap called London Bridge that was on TV in the early evening. Was that another one that never quite saw the light of day. That rings a bell to me as well, London Bridge. There's also the story today, and this is is the sad story of the dogs who've been put down. It's a dog owner whose ferocious mastiff mauled his former mother-in-law to death is going to court in a bid to stop the animal being destroyed. Dylan Mason is fighting to save his pet, which was one of five dogs that killed 71-year-old Gran Gloria Knowles. Three of the animals have been given lethal injections, and Gloria's distraught daughter, Beverly Beverly, Dylan's ex wife, insists the other two should not be spared. She said that they tasted her mum's blood and they must be put down. It's already cost the taxpayer thousands of pounds to keep the dogs alive. Gloria, you'll remember, was attacked by the five pets at Beverly's home in October. The three animals that have been put down there was a French mastiff and uh, some bulldogs were owned by Beverly. She didn't, didn't object to the Met police's wishes to put them to sleep. But uh, police say the owners of the other two dogs are taking the case to court. Dylan's dog is called Ranger. The other animal is a border collie cross belonging to Dylan's friend and officers identified only as Miss Zoni, Mother of four, Beverly, who has a son, Curtis, with Dylan, said, we loved our dogs and treated them like family. I could never put a dog over my mum's life. Very quickly after my mum died, we made the decision to have the dogs put down. They've had a taste of blood. You're not going to risk anything else. And she's absolutely right. You have to put these dogs down. There's no two ways about it. It's sad, isn't it? But that's called bad owners of dogs. Bad owners of dogs. You know, if dogs are trained properly, they're fine. But people, unfortunately, nowadays, they don't bother training dogs. They can't be bothered. They haven't got the, they haven't got the time or the inclination or the intelligence to actually go to puppy training classes and actually learn how to have a sensible dog. It's like dogs on leads, dogs not on leads. You know, you see all the beggars around London and they've got dogs and uh, they just sort of sit there, but I mean, they just spend most of their time sitting on rugs. I noticed the other day there was somebody sitting, sitting down there, and it, was a, it, was a, it appeared to be boyfriend and girlfriend. So they obviously decided perhaps two can make more money than, than one. Last time I saw David Easter, says Emma, he was playing a baddie on Family Affairs. It was Family Affairs the Channel 5 soap? I think it was. And he was once at Hanwell Station, I believe, as it was filmed near there, and also in Maidenhead. I thought wasn't Family Affairs... I thought that was filmed at, at um, Hayes... I thought that was Hayes. There isn't a station in Hanwell, is there? Unless they've moved one in. Uh, a young Mister Elbert on the same show, also known as Luther, on the BBC. So that's where David Easter was. i would love to check that out. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of curious. Um, Dean reckons that Clive Bull was in El Dorado. As what? What was? Was he an extra or something? Was it, is there some sort of reason why he would have been in? He had a non, non-speaking role, so he was an extra. Did he just wander around or something? Oh, right. There you go. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. And Lizzie says there was London Bridge. Now, where did London Bridge go? Was that another sort of TV soap that, that disappeared completely because the public had no interest? It's funny how EastEnders took off, then, isn't it? I mean, Coronation Street, you can understand, because it was the, the first in this country, although we'd had Compact and various other things. Um... Another one that says uh, there was a, a soap-type show called The Cress. The Cress. was that the, cr- the Crescent or something like that? I don't know. I've got no idea at all. The Cress. And apparently there was a gay couple in it who were hilarious. Maybe I dreamt it, says Shane. Well, maybe you did. Maybe you did. I don't know. It's, that's ringing a slight bell with me. I can't remember why it does, actually. Uh, no Northern Line northbound from Morden to Golders Green and East Finchley. So LBC says, today is the day I will struggle. Never struggle, for goodness sake. There's worse, worse things happened, ladies and gentlemen. Worse things happen than uh, a few trains. I want to know about the water in um, in Knightsbridge. The spouting... And it was like a huge plume of water coming out of the ground. Uh, quickly, let's look through the uh, the paper's front pages. Uh, Nick Farrar and the team coming along at seven. He's going to be talking about this money given to A&E to, uh, to save it. Plus uh, this... Policy in Switzerland compared to apartheid. And have you been discriminated against whilst on maternity leave? Justin King, CEO of Sainsbury's. We're looking through the papers this morning for Nick Ferrari. Uh, On the front, Stop the Trolls. It's going to to run that one for a little bit, unless the government do something quickly. Uh, Also the Queen, one is amused. She's finally allowed into her own club. That's on the... Express, where they're telling you that hot weather is on the way, the hottest ever. Uh, Daily Mail today, the over 65 drinkers in health alert. Pensioners were warned to drink less or risk severely damaging their health. Have you got to 65? Goodness sake. Uh, The Sun this morning... Three-year pledge on interest rates and the disgusting Monty Panassar in a piece to piece the shop arrested by the police for urinating on two bouncers. A rather stupid, pathetic man, I'm afraid. And uh, down in everybody's estimation. How much shame can you bring on the, uh, on the team? That's it for this morning. We'll have a free podcast for you up in about th- 30 minutes' time. And then the remainder of the podcast up a little bit later on. Take your umbrella. A little bit of rain around today. I'm back with you tomorrow morning for Steve Allen's early breakfast from 4. Next on LBC, the morning news with Lisa Raziz.